Hey, I'm Kyron. And this is Joel. And this week on the Dialogue Options Podcast, we do it. everyone to another episode of the dialogue options podcast with your ever faithful hosts joel mcdonald that is me and as always my very very good friend and co-host mr kyron morrison how are you doing good sir joel this week is the week of dreams coming true it is it's real but we'll get to that (laughs) we will get to that probably for quite a few weeks to come um but uh, but yeah, uh, how, how have you been doing regardless? Uh, all other, those certain things aside. <laughs> uh, I've been doing good. Um, apart from like, apart from work, I haven't been doing a great deal except for playing a couple of games, which we'll talk about soon. Uh-huh. I did take some time out on Sunday to go and check out the new Dragon Ball Super movie because oh. it was limited and I was just like, I'm, I'm organizing to see it with people like this weekend, I think. Yeah, but I was like, I don't know, it's limited. I've since found out that it's fine. It's gonna be running this weekend, but I wasn't taking any chances, so I went and checked it out. Uh, holy crap! Like, it's just a really good movie. Is just it? a, oh, a awesome. fun movie. Uh, I was worried that a lot of the like backstory setup stuff for the Saiyans with Planet Vegeta and Freezer and all that would be a bit much because I was like, we already know that story, but the little twists that made it different were fun. And the fight between Goku and Vegeta and Broly was just oh, so good. <laughs> awesome. This, the animation of this movie is just, I, it's just so good. I'm, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to checking out. Like, I'm, I'm a very, 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 very casual Dragon Ball follow-up. But um, yeah, I mean, I saw Resurrection F at the cinemas, and I really enjoyed that. So I'm looking forward to checking this out. I mean, the good, like, so what's good about this movie is that. A lot of the stuff that's important to really get the context of the movie is in the like twenty odd minutes of like flashback stuff. Like where it, okay. it, it goes into decent detail about the planet Vegeta stuff and Frieza taking over King Cold's rule and all this stuff, and it will and you you get enough like you'll understand from that the importance of like Broly versus Goku and Vegeta. Okay. Uh, just caked like just full of just great dialogue and the character moments are all on point. Uh, like Goku, Goku, Frieza, and Vegeta are all the they're the best they've been probably honestly through better than most of their super stuff as well. Just like wow, yeah, they felt really good. Uh, but yeah, very good movie. If you are a Dragon Ball fan and you haven't seen it yet, go see it. It's great. <laughs> uh, don't miss it. Like honestly, like on a big screen, it it's ace. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Uh, what, what about what about you? That's about honestly about all I've been doing apart from work. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'm a little bit the same. Um, had you know work and all that kind of business, and uh, went out for for dinner, like like for a late birthdayish thing with um with uh, with Ash and a, a couple of friends on Sunday. And we went to, uh, nice. to 
Archie Brothers and had some cocktails and nice. played some games. It was lots of fun. Yeah, we had had a ball there. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it was really, really boring stuff. Uh, apart from the things that I've been playing. been playing some stuff, but we'll get to that soon. Ga- games have been played. Mm-hmm. Games have, game has been played. A bit, not for very long, but uh, but it has been played. But, I, I, I've at least got plural. Uh, well, actually, yeah, true. I've I've got one, but I'm sort of focusing on the the, the major one there. Um, all right. Well, how look, dare I, you try to wash over the importance of the other one? I, well, that's fine. It's fine by me. I think we should probably quit dilly dallying and, and, and delaying uh, the inevitable. And I think it's time that we checked in with the quest log. Mission completed. Quest log. Our quest log is, of course, what we've been playing. Uh, the what we've been playing segment of the show, where we both come together to, and bring what we've been playing and discuss it a little bit and sort of give you an impression of what we think of it. Um, now, there's one very big thing that we've played this week for a little bit, at least. Um, but I think we should save that until last. Um, so, Kyron, what have you been playing? So. You tried to do it a disservice earlier. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I've been playing the Resident Evil 2 remake. Of course. Which came out for PS4, Xbox One, and PC this week by Capcom. Yep. It's So this game's been anticipated for a long time. It was announced, boy, when was that? Let's just have a quick check and see what was announced. So it's, I can't find the exact date. It's been years, though. It was announced simply with the, the Capcom guy in a shirt and the logo in the background. And then we had like nothing for a good couple of years. It was just <laughs> it was just silence. People were worrying, sweating. Understandably mm. so, because like yeah. it's it's there's a thing this week that you can be question you can be worrying when a game just sort of no one talks about it for a while. <laughs> uh but flash forward to last year's E three and we saw it. We saw the Resident Evil two remake and I mean, I can't speak for everyone who played Resident Evil 2 because my time with the original is limited, mostly because when I played it, it was in a post-Resident Evil 4 world, and it's hard to go back to tank controls. Of course. Fixed camera, not so much. I could live with that because I did play a bit of Resident Evil 1 Remake, which also has tank controls, but like coupled with the visuals, it was was rough. But what I can say is that the remake is incredible, in my opinion. I, I've i only finished... So, basically how Resident Evil 2 works, If for those of you who are not well-versed in how playing this game works, you are first thing you do when you boot up the game is you pick a path. So you can basically play through Claire Redfield or Leon Kennedy's stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, pretty, they're not super long, because the idea is when you beat one of those stories, you then play the opposite in like a second run sort of mode. Okay. Where items are sort of remixed, some things happen a bit differently, and you'll sort of see what that character roughly was up to when your primary character was doing stuff. And so for that reason alone, like, if you're curious about survival horror, I would say check this game out. Pretty A single run is pretty tight. Okay. I think, I think mine was like 10 hours, but I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> there was There's a good, like, I think maybe two hours of that was just me slowly walking around the raccoon city police station because of a certain antagonist who has recently blown up as a sort of meme 
on the internet this week. Uh, yeah, I have seen that. You've um, seen Mr. X. <laughs> I have seen Mr. X kicking yeah, around. Mr. X sucks. Just want to be clear <laughs> about that. <laughs> uh, so, but... so basically what you're trying to say is this is a game that I probably won't play. Um, well, that's the I'm interesting... Big old sooky sook. I, oh, I don't know if the demo is still up to download. If it is, you should try the demo. Yeah, it, I really should. Because honestly, like it does use the over-the-shoulder camera that Resident Evil 4 used. Mm-hmm. It just takes that and makes it scary, which Resident Evil 4 was sort of scary for like the first half, and then it was just an action game. Yep. Honestly, this is pretty true to the, to the spookiness the whole way through. Uh, okay. Much, right. to, much to the regret of my my ability to withstand stress. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I managed to like sit down and, and blow through it in a couple of solid two or three hour sessions, which was, it's honestly pretty refreshing to finish a game that, that quickly. Yeah. Especially a triple A game. Yeah. Uh, in this day and age, it's sort of, yeah, the, like almost unheard of. Yeah. The game is definitely the, the definition of like all killer, no filler. Like yeah. it gives you a reasonable amount of freedom to sort of exp- like to fully sort of explore the Raccoon City Police Department, and there's just a couple of segments where it rains it in and goes, okay, this is happening now. You can still explore, but be careful, right? Awesome, <laughs> because Good. Mr. X is also here. Yep. And Brilliant. I'll tell you what, there's nothing quite as scary as uh, having headphones plugged into your console oh. and having because so basically the idea of Mr. X is. He is just hunting for you. Mr. X's role in this game is he's sort of trying to take care of any survivors from the Raccoon City incident. Okay. And of course, that so happens to include Leon and Claire. Okay. So I, I picked Leon for my first campaign because I, I remember that Claire has some stuff with Sherry and I wasn't sure if it was escorty or what it was. So I played it safe and picked the easier option. In my opinion, I could be way off base by saying it's the easier option. Yeah. Uh, also, I just... I know Leon better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Claire, uh, I, want to try, I think you play as Claire in Revelations 2, which I played a bit of, but I didn't oh, finish. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I picked Leon, and yeah, so Mr. X pursues you through the Raccoon City Police Department. It's scary. Like, when he's on your trail, you're you're just desperately wanting to run away. If you break line of sight and stop running... He can lose you. Basically, the idea is any noise that you make that's too loud, whether it's running or like slamming doors or shooting zombies and stuff. Mm -hmm. If he has lost you, that will sort of give him a heads up to where you are and he'll just sort of hone in on you. Does he move fast? No, he walks pretty chill, which is honestly worse in my opinion. Yeah, that's why why I asked. Because like there there were moments where I was just carefully sort of going downstairs. I'm like, okay... I'm nearly done. I'm close to a save room. And then a door would open and he sort of strolls through. I'm like, I'm going to turn Uh-oh. around now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to run up the stairs cause he's here anyway. Screw it. Uh, it sounds like a more, like an even more terrifying version of Mr. Shakedown from Yakuza zero. Honestly. Yeah. He's a big dude in a trench coat and a hat. Yep. It's he's yep. pretty, he's intimidating as hell. Cause it was the same thing. You'd be walking along yeah. and you're like running down the street and you're like, whoop, shit, turn around, run away, run away, run away. Not, not dealing with this. Yeah. I'm not going to get the shit kicked out of me and half my money stolen. But yeah, so it's hard. Like if you, if you are going to play this game, I would recommend giving it a look with headphones plugged in. <laughs> it, it's hard to really take advantage of this, of what I'm about to describe from the TV speakers, maybe with a soundbar. Don't know. But okay. uh, 
on headphones, one of the... Because you can hide in safe rooms to sort of avoid him, like, getting you. Okay. Having said that, I did see someone tweet a picture of him. Like, so he, I'll set you a scene. I was in okay. a safe room because I, I, was, I was just nearby. And I was like, cool, I'm safe in here. I'm chill. It's all good. And so when I had the headphones on, you can hear Mr. X walking. So okay. I was just, I was listening for the, him to get distant. And I was like, cool. While, while I'm listening, I'm just going to open up Twitter. It's fine. We'll have a quick look. And I saw someone tweet a picture. I think I actually retweeted it. It's a picture of Mr. X sort of poking his head through a door. <laughs> and I was like, and it was a pretty, it was like, it's in a time, pause the game. I was like, that's pretty funny. Wait, what's that wall? And I looked at the wall and then I looked at my screen. And I'm like, I'm in that room. Oh no. Am I not safe? <laughs> Oh no! Thankfully, I was okay. But ever oh. like, after that, I was like, "They said I was safe in safe rooms. I'm not entirely convinced anymore." So a I was false just sense of security. Yeah, I was incredibly cautious from then onwards. But uh, yeah, no, fair enough. But that's just like Mister X is just one part of the game. He shows up a couple of times. He'll be more there more frequently, I think, in second run, which is sort of designed to not really be harder. But it's like, cool, look, you've played the game once. Now you're playing as someone else, but we're going to mix things up a bit, including just more Mr. X, because why not, I guess? Yeah, like, you, you're familiar with the controls and how everything works. Yeah. Let's, like, you know, so it's almost like it's the second half of the game. Yeah, for sure. It, yeah. Honestly, it is. Like, okay. yep. you do your first run, and you see the story, and then you play the second run, and it's sort of like, cool, here's the rest of it. Because they do go to different, like, sort of locations. Okay. Granted, a lot of it at the start is at the police station, but... Leon ventures down into the sewers, which I didn't want to do. Sewers yeah, no. are gross and terrifying, and there's a giant alligator down there, which I nearly cut, apparently. Oh, they really? They kept him in in the end. Yeah, because honestly, it's pretty goofy, and the, yeah. the fight itself isn't really a fight, per se, but I am glad they kept him in there, because I remember reading stories about the alligator in Resident Evil 2, and it was good to see him there. I think uh, I remember seeing it in the trailers, for like seeing yeah, the trailers for actually, it. yes. I think you're right. Yeah, I, that was one of the things I vividly remember. Is like, yeah, like this giant you know, alligator. Seeing Leon like walk through this like sewer and then just get fucking eaten alive by this goddamn <laughs> alligator. And oh I was like, boy! No, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, just that was a lot of a lot of ranting and raving about Mister X. But the the setting is pretty simple. Leon, it's his first day. He's heading to Raccoon City Police Department to start being a cop. Yep. However, he happens to time his first day with the zombie apocalypse in this particular city. Thanks, Umbrella. Oh, Leon. <laughs> I know. It was his first day. Oh, God. <laughs> it was my, it's my first day. It's my first day. Uh, so, and that sort of, just from there, it just spirals. And he runs into characters who, if you played later Resident Evil, you'll recognize, like, Ada Wong is the big one for Leon. Right. Uh, there's a couple of individuals in the game as well that aren't from other games and it's this is sort of the only adventure they're in okay. and they, they, they man the face capture in this game or the facial animations the viari engine is real good yeah that engine is um is it's nuts like it's like, really damn good capcom going from strength to strength from resident evil 7 like holy crap <laughs> is that what devil may cry 5 is running in i'm pretty sure it is yeah yeah it's it because it's oh, is it running in unreal I was gonna no. say, I'm gonna find out. I'm pretty sure. I'm almost certain it's in the in, engine, but I'm gonna yeah. find out now because you've, you've uh, got I me mean, second guessing myself. I was gonna say it makes sense though because that's what Devil May Cry was. 
Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was a test for like making an action adventure game in in like the the old Resident Evil engine. Um, but yeah, I, I I was pretty confident at first, but then I went, oh, wait, did I read an article that made a big deal about it being in Unreal? But I'm not sure. Yeah, no, so it it is in fact running on the RE engine. Ah, awesome. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's a damn good engine. It is. It's, it's a good engine. And oh yeah. As a result, obviously, you will find some assets reused in the remake, but it's not a huge deal. It happens. That's fair. There's like a lamp. Some of them are a bit weirder, like articles and stuff, and you're like, well, this game's set in 98 or whatever, and Resident Evil 7's kind of in the future, but hey, look, it's fine. They're not meant to be red. They're just blurry set dressing. It's all good. And also, you could also you could play it off as like, oh, this is just like nostalgia. It's a, Yeah, yeah. It's, it's part of like the charm of, of this remake. Exactly. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah. that's sort of the setting of it. Gameplay-wise, as I said, very... It's, yeah, Resident Evil 4, but scary. The zombies good, good. are intimidating. Good. God, good. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it, but the way they shamble is just unnerving. And so obviously, it and it again, if you play on easier, probably not a problem, but at least on normal and no doubt for harder difficulties, it it is survival horror. Like yeah, right. those bullets are precious and you have to make sure you pick the zombies you kill. If there's an area where you're pretty sure you can easily avoid them, like leave them, save those bullets. <laughs> yep. It's not worth it. Not worth the fight. Yeah. But in these situations where you decide to take them on, headshots count. Uh, but the way they, yeah, they let the shamble and bob, sweating sweating trying to line up that headshot and then you'd think you've pulled it off right at the right second and they'd sort of just put their hand up just and just you'd blow their hand off but their head's oh. fine and you're just like ah oh, i needed that bullet they can block bullets <laughs> yeah and it's not a, it's not intentional it's just like it'll just happen sometimes as they're sort of just shambling towards you <laughs> screaming god. or whatever you're like oh god just get me out of this nightmare it's just even like the way like just yeah I think just having the, the first time you really see one like up close is that, that scene that I've seen in like many of the trailers <laughs> Yes, with like the face that just falls off. Like, yeah. like the jaw is like yeah. ripped like that alone. Cause then every time you see one from that moment onwards, it's like, Oh, that's what they look like. I've seen that close up. Yeah. Uh, props to Capcom. Like they have, like they have committed to the gore with these oh, zombies. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's very effective. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it it isn't messing around. From what I've seen, I've watched a couple of people play bits and pieces of it as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that scene in particular is just like gross. <laughs> like you can you can blow limbs off these guys because like that's another option if you don't want to kill them. It will still take a couple of bullets, but you can like blow a couple of legs off and they'll be stuck crawling after you, which is yep. generally yep, no problem getting away from those zombies. But yeah, I've also seen people sort of like blow zombies in half. Yeah, the, the upper torso is still crawling after you, and you're like, it's just stop, just stop this. I've seen, I, I saw a, I think it was a GIF of probably, someone like, yeah, I think the, the jamming seen, the yeah. flashbang grenade. Oh yes, from Sun He Legend or something. That yeah, he's on Twitter. He makes incredible gifts. Uh, I'm gonna find his account. Not that it matters if we shout him out, but if you are, uh, if you like high quality video game gifts, <laughs> go and follow. 
at Sunhe Legend. That is at S U N H I L E G E N D. Yeah, good solid. gifts. Yeah. And yeah, you probably saw because yeah, I'm looking at that gif right now where he crams the the flashbang in, in the zombie's mouth and then oh, so just good. obliterates it. Yeah. Oh, it's it's. I, I saw that and I was like, oh my god, is that a thing you can do? Mm-hmm. Um, wow, so insane. When, when zombies grapple you, you have a few options. If you don't, they, if if I could maybe point a flaw, it's not a huge one. I just okay. wonder if there's an easier way to make it flow better. But if you get grabbed and you don't have a knife, a grenade, or a flashbang, there's this weird pause before the zombie actually bites you, where the game's like, okay, does he have an item? No, okay, he's getting bitten. Like, <laughs> if we could like, find a way to sort of get rid of that. But yeah, if you don't have one of those items and a zombie grabs you, you are getting bitten. Like That is all right. there is to it. <laughs> right. Can you survive getting bitten, or is it that yeah. game over? No, no, you survive. Okay. Like You can take, again, depending on enemies, Like I think a zombie, you can survive several bites. But okay. there are worse things than zombies in this game. Yeah, I've heard of some things. <laughs> I've seen some photos. You've probably seen the infamous one, the, the good old liquor. Yeah, the liquor is not nice to look at. No. <laughs> They're not nice to fight either. No, they're just not uh, nice. But not again, nice thank- thankfully, like, uh, as part of this game's, it's like, look, this is survival horror. You don't have to fight. And Lickers are a great example because whilst they are terrifying and can cover, like they can walk on the walls, the roofs, the floors, anywhere really, they are blind. So right. if, you, if you're confident enough with your sneaking, you can tiptoe around them. Okay. But it is tense. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, because they're the ones that, are, that look like they've got like, Instead of having eyes, they've just got like a giant brain. Yeah, it's just a giant brain, and yeah, the, the long tongue, and yeah, cool. they're just disgusting creatures, cool. really. Nice. Best, yeah. um, ever worst. Uh, the the moment where it reveals the liquor, brilliant. Mm. Like they they didn't copy exactly the, the original, but they still did it justice. Uh, yeah, just terrifying. <laughs> oh no, thank you. I'm uh, okay. <laughs> trying to think. Like that's that's really the any any questions, Joel? Any questions about Resident Evil Two Remake? Uh, not really. I, I guess um, you were saying that you know, in your opinion, it's it's like you know, it's really damn good. I, I just yeah, want to say, yeah. I don't think you're the only one. It's been, I think I saw something about it sold like three million copies in its first week, something like that. It was some some pretty decent number that I mean, put it's, out it's there. Def- it's definitely doing well. And I see a lot of people talking about it. It was like so many people are either talking about, you know, Resident Evil 2 or another game we'll touch on shortly. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like a lot of people were like, yeah, I'm picking it up. Yeah, I'm doing this. This is great and really enjoying it. It's reviewing super well. And um, like people are just talking about it. And I think, yeah. I think it's you got people like yourself that have been like long running fans of the series that either might have missed it originally, like you, or maybe that. Um, that a chance to go back and, and revisit it in a completely different light. Uh, but also, I think a lot of people, I think we've mentioned this on the show before, um, but a lot of people who uh, played Resident Evil 7, that was their first Resident Evil, they're just getting into survival horror and all that sort of stuff, and they went, wow, that's fucking great. I want to play some of the other ones. And this is a great, like, well, go back to sort of where it all yeah. began. You can Absolutely. play the, 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 um, the uh, RE1 remake as well. And then go straight into two, and, and it uh, is worth noting that uh, again, people are weird with how they with how they pick this. People who are like purists aren't a fan of it, okay. but 
it's worth noting that in the Resident Evil remake for PS4 and Xbox One, they did add in the new control scheme as well. So you do not have to use tank controls in that game. It's a bit uh, weird yes. not using tank controls with fixed cameras, but it is an option. If if you're not crazy about tank, and I get it because I'm not really either. Yep. No, fair enough. Uh, it's Yeah, it's it's definitely a game mechanic that hasn't aged super well. No, it has uh, not. Mm. Uh, but it made sense, I guess, back in like those like PS One days when you didn't have well, before DualShock. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Before thumbsticks, you know. Like I get why they were that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we can we can make games like this now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we we have the technology to make things a little bit more exciting uh, and a little bit more accessible, I guess. Um, yeah. Cool, awesome. Any final words on Kingdom Hearts? Kind of. <laughs> On Kingdom um, Hearts. <laughs> whoa, sorry. I'm just, I'm so eager, Kyron. I know. Because as soon as we finish recording, we get to go back there. But yeah, on Resident Evil 2. Uh, yeah, like I said, just, it's real good. If you're a fan of horror games, you should definitely pick it up. Obviously, if you're a fan of Resident Evil, you're probably already playing through Second Run right now. Yep. Which, unfortunately, because of the aforementioned Kingdom Hearts, when I finished my Leon campaign, I started the Claire Second Run, knowing I wouldn't get to finish it just yet. Yep. But right. uh, I wanted to see how it started, and yeah, it was satisfyingly different. Items were remixed, and I was way out of my comfort zone because I—I mean, I wasn't expecting to go back in as to go. Cool, this is where Leon went, so I know what to do. Go here, get a fuse box. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So Claire's yeah. like, "No, no, you start out here." I'm like, "Where is this? What am I doing? Okay. This is terrifying. Where is my security?" <laughs> um, I just like to add in too that uh, I, I didn't. I, I'd like to say that I added those these uh, spooky storm sound effects. Um, oh, you've got the storm down there still? Yeah, it's kicking off, man. Oh, man, ours, uh, ours was here for like the afternoon, and then it bailed. It, it, yeah, it started sort of like late afternoon, but it's just kicked in now. So um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm not too upset about it because it's adding to the spooky ambience of the, the subject matter that we're talking about. Yeah, look, it's fair. It's appropriate. It's, um, yeah. yeah, I just, I'm so happy. Like, mm-hmm. not not just because Resident Evil 2 Remake is good, but because I'm hoping that this is... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Capcom knows already after this and obviously how well 7 did. People yes. want scary games. I made myself sad on Twitter because I I remember posting just earlier this morning. Like, imagine a reality where where Konami took notice of this. Right. And, like, and did, like, a Silent Hill 2 Remake in that amazing... Fox engine just being left to die. Hey, it's being used for very, very, very well loved pachinko machines, Karen. And Metal Gear Solid Survive. Yes, I know. Yeah, but I, and then I was just, and I, I was just bummed out because I'm like, oh, we're never getting that. And <laughs> again, just playing this remake and knowing, like, I think they Capcom said that if fans demanded enough, which I'm not a fan of companies doing that, but whatever. Uh, if fans demanded enough, like the team is pretty keen to go into. Uh, Nemesis, like Resi 3, and get that remake done. Yep. I mean, I think it's going to happen anyway because it's just a good, solid way to... If you if they do that, then at least Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3, like, moving them, like, re-releasing them each generation, as I'm yep. sure they are wanted to do, yep. a million times easier when it's a modern game. Um, I, I feel... Yeah, well, I mean, look at Resident Evil 4. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, they will that... put Resi 4 on anything they can yeah that, that that thing's playable on a bloody graphics calculator but um no i i think you're right though i would be very surprised if they didn't have a small small part of the team working on three already as soon as seven came out and did so well yeah 
And I'm so excited. I'm terrified because... Fucking Nemesis. Yeah, Mr. X stressed me out, but at least he was only there sometimes. Nemesis is just a constant issue that you have to deal with. He's in the title. Like, he's yeah, kind of Resident a big deal. Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. Nemesis. Yeah. Oh, I've, God. I even talk about, like, there's just so many cool little Easter eggs. Like, you can you go to the star's office here, and you can sort of pick out the, the desks of each of the star members. It's just great. And That's awesome. When you go down to the Umbrella Lab, it's just... You know what? If you like scary things, play this damn game. Or even, like, I don't know, find a find a good Let's Play. I know personally that uh, Huber from Easy Allies did a full playthrough of it on the weekend. Yes. Which you can find over on the Easy Allies t- YouTube, probably. If not yet, it will be there soon, I would assume. Yeah. Like, just find a way to sort of experience this game, because I do think it's special, and I'm... I think I did this with seven, but uh, I'm making a note <laughs> to remember this at the end of the year. Don't let me right. forget... <laughs> I won't. I won't. Uh, and neither will Mr. You know, X. Mr. X will just pop through a door and be like, remember me. Yeah. X gonna give it to you. Yeah, X gonna give it to you. Oh, but, boy. Uh, look, that's really about all. I'm, I'm, I will probably have more to say about Resi 2 when I finish my clear run. Right. But what I can say is it is scary. It is gorgeous, but disgusting. And <laughs> it absolutely lives up, I, th- I think, to the Resident Evil 2 legacy. Awesome. That's good to hear. That's really good to hear. Like, I, I, I mean, it's not something that I'm super invested in. I sort of live vicariously through you and a couple of our other friends uh, <laughs> that are sort of much into it. Uh, and I do like hearing about it. It's really great. But um, And I have dabbled with Resident Evil before. But Yeah, you're um, a big fan of 4. I am a big fan of 4. I love 4. I played a fair bit of uh, Revelations as well on the 3DS with the stupid yeah. fucking thumbstick attachment thing. Um, I oh, bought that yeah. shit. <laughs> I had that shit. Um, I actually got gifted by a friend of mine. I got gifted, I think, Revelations 1 and 2 on Steam. So I've got really? that sitting there. That's random. Yeah, like, a friend of mine, he got it as part of um his Humble Bundle Monthly. He's like, hey, I already own these. Do you want it? And I was like, wow. fuck yeah. Actually, I didn't I mean, think he asked me. He, he didn't even ask me. He was just like, hey, check your inbox. And I checked it. He was like, yeah, you've received a gift. I was like, oh, fuck. Nice. It didn't even say what it was, and I opened it. It was like Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2. I was like, fuck yeah. I might, I might actually go through these one day, probably finish nice. them. That's really um, cool. Res- I haven't finished Revelations 2, but Revelations 1 was yeah. surprisingly good. It was fun. I really enjoyed that. Like, it was, yeah. I got it's, stuck at one part, but I can't remember it was. Sort of, it was sort of along the same lines as 4 and 5, where it, it was, it did an okay job of straddling action and horror. Yeah. It definitely felt like a good step forward because I'm pretty sure I don't I don't know if it was after six, but it was definitely around the time of six. Yeah, and I remember getting revelations and playing and going, "Oh, this is closer to what I want." Yeah, exactly. Um, but to be fair, if you if you told me back then that we'd be living in a period where Capcom is making genuine survival horror Resident Evils, I wouldn't believe you. But here we are. <laughs> because uh, you know that end of six, I watched you play that. Oh boy. Uh, it no, is. it was probably five. Oh, five, sorry. Yeah, so it was five. End of five. To, to be honest, for six, yeah. I, I finished Leon's campaign and was just sort of like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm I, tr- I tried playing Chris Redfield's, but it was when the game fell apart by going, I'm action, but also survival horror. What's your bullets? I'm like, but I've got a machine gun and there are yeah. monsters and I want to shoot. It's like, I had a bullets now. That wasn't very smart. I'm like, you did this to me. You did this. <laughs> You did oh. this to your franchise. Yeah, uh, this is a mistake. But uh, oh yeah, no, boy. yeah. Resident Evil Five. The ending of that is uh, not good. It no, is not good. I, I mean, I get it, but I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> no, no. 
No. Anyway, oh, let's. Uh, we should probably shift gears from horrible, grotesque horror to the exact opposite end of the scale. Um, well, I've got something else before oh. before we get there. That's Bring also in a little bit of a you know grotesque okay. horror ish kind of vibe. Um, so waiting to pick up. Uh, you know, I've spoiled it now because I'm me and my big dumb mouth. Everyone knew. Uh, well, I was trying to keep it a little bit mysterious. Um, but yeah, in in the the the, the lead up to Kingdom Hearts three, I was you know looking for something to play. Uh, I was jumping on um, looking through the humble bundle store. And uh, a game that I've been looking at for a little while now was on sale, so I decided to pick it up and give it a go. Uh, and that is a game called Dusk. Um, it's a PC first-person shooter, um, and it's sort of like a an homage to, I think it's listed here, um, like an homage to things like uh, Doom, Quake, Blood, Heretic, Hexen, Half-Life, Redneck Rampage, and all those, like, 90s, like, first-person shooters. Um so yeah, and it's very much like that. Right down to the fact that it's um completely customizable in the way that it looks. You can make it look like Game Boy graphics and like oh, you, nice. can, you can adjust the amount of pixelation as well. So it's there's some really fun like like customization options to really get that feel. Like to really get that throwback feel. Um and I'm pretty sure it's by one dude, uh called David uh Szymanski. Um yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, it's just by one dude and published by New Blood Interactive, which kind of getting up there in like my keeping my interest, uh, like or keeping me interested, like uh, like Devolver Digital does. They do a lot of stuff like this. There's another game of theirs called A Medieval uh, that they published, very similar thing, but more so like I think a little bit more like Hexen. It was a little bit more magic based and a little bit more medieval. Oh, that's kind of a, vibe. That is a deep cut. Yeah, right. Hexen, man. I when do we get when do we get that Hexen comeback? Well, I, I medieval seems like it. Oh, I guess check that so out. True. Um, but yeah, dusk is is basically it's like three uh, campaign episodes that are broken up into a whole bunch of missions, and it's like, hey, have you played have you played Doom or Quake or anything like that? It's just that. There's no real story. Um, it's just fast-paced running gun, pick up weapons, pick up health, kill enemies, find keys, open doors. Um, it's got a really cool soundtrack in there as well. Um, I love that the, the tagline is, things have gone wrong, better kill everything, welcome to dusk. Uh, and I mean, yeah, it, that, so- it sounds like it is what it is. <laughs> it, it is, and it, it wears its its heart well and truly on its sleeve. Um and it's like gory and it's very pixelated, like nineties textures kind of way. Um, but still very gory. Like lots of like blood splatter and things like that going everywhere. But um yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's super quick. It runs on anything, I, I as far as I can tell anyway. Um But the reason I I sort of wanted to talk about it a fair bit was one, because I played it, and two it's sort of I'm sort of comparing it to another game that I played like it recently. Uh, probably in the last couple of years, anyway. Uh, one that I backed on Kickstarter, which was Strafe. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I've seen that pop up a couple of times on sale on PS4, and I want to play it, but I haven't yeah. picked it up yet. I went to reinstall it on my PC, and it wouldn't work for some reason. That's weird. Yeah, so I need to look into that to see if I can get it to work again. But um, whereas that sort of like it takes that Doom Quake '90s formula and and. It boils it down into a a roguelike, you know, pressure luck kind of um, random procedurally generated uh, experience. 
this is very much it's a crafted experience there are uh there are keys there are doors that can only be opened with said keys there are secret wall there's secrets everywhere Kyron. like so many secrets I'll finish a level, I'll find like three or four secrets, and it's like, you found four of nine secrets. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. Um, and they could be anything like, you know, accidentally walking into a wall and clipping through it, and it's like, oh, there's a secret there. Or there might be, you know, a small little grate, and you sort of duck down and crawl through it, and then you get to pick up a sword that you get to use. Um, so it's all like, you know, very much worth your time. Like, you, you get rewarded for the secrets, whether it be a small reward or something cool like a new weapon. Um I do like good secrets, so that's a good selling point. Yeah, and, and I think it's actually one Big of their fan. selling points. They they, they oh, do okay. use that there's like so many secrets. Like it's um and nice. their, their marketing campaign for it is very again wears its heart on its sleeve. It knows what it is, uh, and it doesn't. If you're there to play that particular thing, then you're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, and uh, yeah, the music's by uh, a metal music mastermind, Andrew Holschult. I think his name is, um, but it's really cool, and it's uh, it'll kick in at a certain point. Like it'll be very like ambient and spooky at points, of just like very minimal nothing, and sometimes not even any music, just like creepy sound effects. And then you'll get into an arena, and it'll do the Doom like 2016 thing where it, like the music kicks in. You're like, oh, that's right, here we go. We're in for a fight now. The doors <laughs> open up, and there's like oh, 18 man. enemies file out, and you're like, oh shit! You're like running around the map in a circle, strafing around them, trying to blow them up. Um, you can pick up like things in the in the world like there's like some houses have like plates and cleat like meat cleavers and and uh and bars of soap which if you throw at some enemies can be like a one-hit kill um but then there's also gas canisters so like jerry cans essentially you can pick up and throw at enemies and they'll explode or if the enemy walks near one you can shoot at it and blow it up and and you know nice by proxy blow them up as well um look it's just fun like you know, if you have had a stressful day at work, you just want to mindlessly blow away some things. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's got three campaign episodes uh, that have a, a whole bunch of uh, different levels throughout them. Um, I've only played the first one, which is the woods, I want to say, um, something like that, anyway. And then there's the facility, and then there's another one as well. Um, but yeah, plenty of content there. But there's also a uh, there's multiplayer as well. There's like the Duskworld uh, Arena multiplayer that is added with it as well. Um, and you you can start that separately. When you go to start the game, it's like, do you want to start the single player or the multiplayer? Like it used to in the back in the day as well. Where you, you, you double click the, the icon. <laughs> yeah, and you'd have to like, you know, it's like, oh, you're going to play multiplayer or single player today. You can't do it in the menu once you're in the game. Uh, it's two different clients. Um, and, and there's also like an endless survival mode as well. So you can sort of just like rack up high scores and see how far you can go in like certain arenas. Uh, look, it's there's not a whole lot to say about it. It's just it's a lot of fun. Um, oh, you can do front flips as well. That's a thing. You can do. I feel like that should have been mentioned much earlier. I know. I kept I, it was in my head, and I was like, "Don't forget the front flips. Don't forget the front flips." Um, yeah. So basically, if you're running along. You can like if you jump in the air and then flick the mouse forward, you, you can just like the, the screen will just flick around. Um, it's incredibly nauseating if you don't like that sort of thing. I'm relatively Bad okay ups. with it, um, but yeah, it's fucking cool. If you like jump over someone's like like a projectile that's been thrown at you and just do a flip in the air and then blow them up with a bloody super shotgun, um, yeah, you feel like a pretty pretty badass motherfucker. And it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. There's like a slide as well, so you can like. Um, 
if you hold down crouch while like while you're running you can slide and you slide forever it's just <laughs> it's it's like um vanquish levels of sliding almost jesus christ that's um, that is too much sliding yeah like it's it's a lot of sliding um and because the game is running so fast and you're always running it's like it it feels so quick um but yeah if you liked like fun throwback shooters like this uh this is definitely worth your time a lot of people are really excited about it it's been in early access for a while. It finally launched, I think, middle of December last year. Um, but yeah, and definitely check out some of New Blood's uh, other games. I I saw it at PAX. That's where I heard about it for the first time. Really, um, it was running on one of the the, the TVs. There. New Blood had a um a setup there. They had a medieval and dusk running. I think dusk was running the um the endless survival mode. And they were just getting high scores and stuff like that. And I thought that's all the game was. And then I heard that there was like a single player element to it as well. Um, but yeah, and it's cool. It gives you like, it, it, it like times you as well. So when you get to the end of a, 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 a mission, it'll be like, this is your time. This is what the devs time was. So you can sort of like try and beat like their high score. That's cool. Mm, yeah. Well, I'm sure you feel quite inadequate sometimes. Oh God. Yeah. One of them was like a minute. <laughs> I was like, what Jesus. the fuck? Um, and it wasn't an overly long level. It was just like, oh God, how do you, how do you even? I mean, um, I guess when you make the game. Yeah, true. You kind of, you kind of know the game, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the only other thing I really was playing. And I thought considering you were bringing Resident Evil 2, it might be fun to bring up something, you know, a little bit sort of spooky. Um, yeah, that's the other thing too. The, the sounds, like when you're just walking around like the empty corridors of, or the empty open spaces before you encounter enemies. There's like spooky sound effects. I've been playing with headphones on because I don't have speakers for my laptop, uh, for my uh, my PC. So um, I play with headphones on. And yeah, I've I, I had a couple of jumps. There's an enemy that's like a scarecrow. And like you encounter the scarecrow at first and you're like, is that an enemy? You walk near it, it doesn't do anything. Like, that's fine. And then you go out into like a corn maze and then you see another one. You're like, they're fine. And then it just goes, ah! and like pops out and like starts blasting it with a shotgun. You're like, oh yeah, that got me. Uh, and it got me Man. a few times because <laughs> you don't really know which ones are real or not. Speaking um, of jump scares, I forgot to bring up, there's a good one in Resident Evil 2 where I was just opening a locker and <laughs> there was a corpse in it. Oh. And it, it sort of, it sort of, it, all, it, all it did was fall forward onto the floor. Yep. But I was so close to the locker. I was already so tense that it happened and I just, I jumped. Yep. It yep. got me good. Yep. Respect, um, Capcom. You got me. There's a, there's a false ending to one of the levels in in Dusk as well that got me, where you get to because it's got the whole thing where you get to a point and it's like exit level and you hit like E to en- exit the level, uh, and then the floor fell away, and there was like two enemies I hadn't encountered before yet, and I was like oh shit, <laughs> um, sneaky, and, very yeah, sneaky. It was pretty fun. It it plays around with it, like you know those the different tropes and stuff like that. It's but it's very much like. If you play it for like ten minutes and you don't really like, if you play a demo of it or something like that, and you're not really into it, it's probably not for you. But it's it I, for me. I love it. It's a lot of fun. Um, takes me back to the old days of playing like Duke Nukem 3D and all that sort of stuff, blasting away mindlessly. Um, but yeah, Kyron, I think and remember when Duke Nukem wasn't garbage? Oh yeah. Look, to be fair, looking back with hindsight. Yeah, he was maybe always he, pretty garbage. Yeah, we just he didn't was. realize it at the time. I would argue for the some of those two D ones are still pretty fun. Oh yeah, yeah. But and look the, again, that's back when he was he was just a buff blonde dude. 
and then look, they added all that personality to him, and I was just like, "Oh, yeah. you're, you're a bit gross." I, I, and and look, don't get me wrong, I love playing those game that game, Duke Nukem 3D. I have very fond memories of playing it, and I I played it again like in the last like three or four years, uh, and I still had a ball with it. But I was also like, "Ah, oh, this is problematic." Um, <laughs> yeah, this, this is not good. Um, I don't but, think we need Duke Nukem anymore. I don't think we do either, and that's. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with having fond memories of playing it yeah. as a yeah, kid. Yeah, fair. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think he needs a resurgence. I mean, they tried. Go play Dusk Did, instead. Dusk is better. Is that, Did they really try? Uh, I think they, anyway. just wanted, they just put it out there. They did. They, they needed like, to get it out. Had to Eventually, Forever had to release. And then mm-hmm. it released and people played it and were like, maybe this didn't have to release. <laughs> More like Forever. Oh, oh God. Anyway. Joel, that was mean. Kyron, we've All played right. it. We've played a little bit of it. Full disclosure, I'm yep. not talking about it much. I refuse. <laughs> That's fair. Because it's only going to make us upset that we're recording and not playing it. Um, I know. Uh, I'm still pretty early on. I mean, likewise. I think. <laughs> it's Kingdom Hearts 3, by the way, if you haven't realised. I mean, if you haven't realised, welcome to the podcast because you obviously skipped the first 40 minutes. So... <laughs> the, the long-awaited conclusion to the Xehanort trilogy, or the Xehanort saga, saga, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I, I believe it's going to be the end I'm, of the Xehanort one. I'm feeling the vibes, but I will, I will judge when I reach credits. <laughs> because I, I like the fact that it's they've said that it's like you know the conclusion to the Xehanort saga, and you're like, but okay, so there's clearly going to be more, right? There's going to be of more after there is. this. But yeah, of course. Um, and like looking at, I, I think I saw like a, a forum post saying that it was like at the top of Disney.com's or store.disney.com's um, homepage. It was like the top. Like they had a, a header. It was the first for the Kingdom Hearts series. Um, wow. So Disney are full in on this as well. I mean, obviously I mean, I, they are, but. Yeah. Wow. That's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Granted, the game, the game itself is very much Disney. Mm-hmm. So far, again, early days. But so far, my only, my only Final Fantasy nods have been a statue of Cloud and some toys. And I was like, "Is this it? Do I get more?" I'm it's coming. again early, early days. I'm still holding out hope. It's got to go. It's coming. I mean, we've got to go to Radiant Garden at some. If point. it doesn't, like, are we honest? There might be some points shaved off. <laughs> it's got to happen. This is the culmination, Kyron. This is this is I'm, it. I'm, I'm nervous because Dream Drop Distance didn't really have much. It had like the world and a few guys, which was cool. Yeah, I look. I I I have faith that there's going to be okay representation right. well, in there. We will revisit this in a few weeks' time. Yes, for sure. Um, but I guess early impressions, Karen. What are, what are you feeling? What, how are you feeling? Because I'm I'm relatively new to this. I mean, I've I've been you know, aware of the franchise. But I, in terms of someone who's actually played any of the games, I only really played them last year. Uh, and, and that was, I only played one and two and a little bit of uh, Birth by Sleep. But for someone like yourself, who's been there since like day one, like you've been Kingdom there since Heart- the beginning. Kingdom Hearts 2 came out on PlayStation 2 back in 2005. That's insanity. That is insanity. It has been... 14 years of spin-offs. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. I, I saw, I, I, it's funny because honestly, and I mean honestly, 
This isn't Kingdom Hearts 3. All those other games, they should have been numbered. True. Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance and Chain of Memories, especially, mm-hmm. should have been numbered. Yeah. Especially, because... like, playing this, how much it's, without going into any spoil, like, story beats or anything like that. Because I've watched a couple of recaps and stuff. But, um, considering how much they bring up events that happen oh. in a lot of those games. Yes. Mm. Uh... And characters from all of those games are pretty integral to this one as well. So, oh, like, yeah. It's funny, it's like, oh, yeah. hey, here's Kingdom Hearts 3. I'm like, mm, is it, though? Or is this, like, Kingdom Hearts 5 or 6? <laughs> and even gameplay mechanics, which, you know, I guess we'll get to eventually. But, um, yeah. I mean, we honestly, I'm, I'm much more comfortable to start talking gameplay. Yeah. I, I love it. I think it's the best yeah. I've ever played of a Kingdom Hearts game in terms of how it feels to play. Uh, feels quite responsive, which is saying something, especially because that was the Again, reason why I stopped Birth by Sleep because it was just yeah, the the input it's not, lag was it's awful. not it's not fair to compare it to Birth by Sleep. Of course not. No, of course not. Kingdom Hearts Two was sublime, but oh, yes, yeah. you are right. Like this, you press a button in this game, and it and goddamn it happens. Oh and, yeah, and it feels good uh, to do it. <laughs> yeah, there is like game at least a point I'm up to gameplay wise. There is some new mechanics but largely a lot of it is just refining what makes kingdom hearts 2 and birth by sleep and dream drop distance yeah they sort of they've sort of added taken like especially in terms of combat they've taken really fun elements from each of those systems and sort of mashed it all together because i mean ultimately the kingdom Hearts series has sort of built as it goes along like kingdom hearts 2 introduced like spinning off of poles and stuff like that uh, which Dream Drop Distance then enhanced and made it like flow motion or whatever it's called. And now yeah. it's a whole thing. Uh, Birth by Sleep introduced the shot lock, which is yes. also back in this. And it's a feature that I often forget I have. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. I forget about shot lock all the time. Um, but then you you remember and you use it and you're like, oh, this is fucking great. I need to use this all the time. Yeah. And then you forget for oh, another yeah. four hours. Exactly. I make sure to, <laughs> like, the way I remember is I try to equip a new Keyblade when I get one. Because I'm always like, yep. what is the shot lock on this new Keyblade? Oh, yeah. What is the everything on these new Keyblades? Like, yes, because you can you can now equip three Keyblades at once, which is very neat. Love that. Love it. Gives um, you some options. You can combo with them too, can't you? Like, you can basically, like, switch mid, mid-combo. Uh, I, I think it said something about, like, you can do that. You, I don't know. You, you definitely can, but I'm not sure if it, like, breaks your current combo if that right. makes sense okay yep. it's not like I, an instantaneous transformation yeah. yeah it's not like in 15 at least i don't think so unless i'm doing it wrong there might be a way to do it yeah um, maybe maybe that's later maybe that's like an extra skill but a cool thing about being able to switch keyblades is so when you're using a keyblade as you attack again this was a feature that was in birth by sleep and then right. the other ones uh, as you attack you like build a meter which is basically sort of like your state and each yes. keyblade has its own thing like just as a, as a rudimentary example, uh, the Kingdom Key has second form. Yes. So you can attack, 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 and build up that meter through consecutive hits, and you'll get a it'll it'll you'll get a you. It's impossible to miss when you trigger second form. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Because this game is flashy as hell. Oh, it's so uh, flashy. And interestingly, so you can you can pop it and enter second form, and then change keyblades, and it'll sort of at least from my experience, sort of keep it there. Oh, okay. Keep, because I was doing that a bit with um the counter shield from Hercules from Olympus. That's a cool. It one. is. I really like it, and it's nice to sort of have it just in my pocket sometimes when I'm about to go into a fight. I'm like, okay, let's go to counter shield and use that for a while until yep. it runs out, of course. 
Uh, but yeah, that's something I've, I've actually, again, I'm not sure if it's intended or if it's just a, a product of how you can swap keyblades now, but I'm definitely liking it. Yeah. Um, well, I really like all the different like finishes and like team up attacks and stuff. And like sometimes when you're just like mashing in, in combat and you see like the stack of them on the side of like, yeah. is there a way you can pick which one you want to use? Yes, there is. Can you please tell me how? <laughs> I so think I you... missed that tooltip. I must have missed it. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the same as in Birth by Sleep. And of course, Dream Drop Distance. It's uh, L2 and R2. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So that all sort of toggled between them. But it took me a, a second to remember. But And I I don't want to say it's a negative, but boy, sometimes you're just like, what do I pick? Uh, yeah. What, it... what triangle thing do I want to do? There's like four. Oh, Kyron, anytime I get an attraction one, I gotta do it. Sometimes I don't like. I'm sick of pirate ship. I'm done with it. Ah, uh, yeah, pirate ship's okay. Um, it's, like it's it's honestly flashy and cool, but compared to some of the other ones, like it's just not as fun. The teacups are awesome. The best one is uh, the water one. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, splash down, splash mount. Oh, yeah. that's that one so is good. The best one. When you realize when you first use it and you go through the entire process of using yeah. it and you realize what it does and you're like. Oh, I, I remember at the time going. What? I'm just bouncing around. That's weird. Just like leaving this... a trail of trail of water. That I can. And it's like I think the first time I used I used that one was in like, uh, yeah, it was in an, a smaller area. I'm not going to say because I don't want to spoil anything. Okay, that's fair. Even though it's not like it, it's probably fairly obvious that it's in the game, but um, I was in a smaller area, and so like I was bouncing around. But then like when it, I'm like, why the fuck is this giant trail of water here? Like. And then it does the thing where you rewind back through it at the end of it, and I was like, and you and you oh. go on the ride, <laughs> so and then, yeah, you get to ride it. I was like, for someone like me who I love theme parks and not even necessarily going on like crazy rides and stuff like that. I do like doing that, and I do like going on rides, but I just I like the idea of theme parks and theme park attractions. The fact that these are essentially like weapons or summons that I can do in this game is the fucking best. <laughs> like like no joke i was sad when i was um checking back through my my database and i was just like hey congratulations you've you've done each of your attractions once i was like oh, oh yeah oh. i mean they're really good but but every time you found a new one you're like what is that triangle we're doing this immediately <laughs> you're like teacups fuck yeah let's go yeah. until you get to now it's like pirate ship no thank you yeah uh pirate ship's <laughs> no, okay no. You just end it straight away. Does the the big spin? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's fine. Um, yeah, I I love those. They're my favorites. And any, anytime you're in battle and you see like the green circle around an enemy, I'm just like straight for you. I'm yeah, fucking make a beeline you. and smack him. Yep. If on, honestly, if only to sort of make it an option, because like you don't have to use it straight away. You get a countdown timer, so it's yeah. nice to to have it in your pocket. Um, and you can get an ability as well that you can equip that automatically uses it when it um, hits zero. So in case you're in the middle Honestly, of battle, you forget. I recommend it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I um, have forgotten a couple of times before I had that. Yeah. At first, I was like, I don't need that, and then I missed a couple, and I was like, ah, fuck. Um, so it it was honestly it was the, the the splash one when I when I was like, I need this because it didn't yep. trigger the ride part, and I was like, oh, that was depressing. Oh no, that's the worst. Yeah, it sucked. So from then I was like, nope, this is staying equipped. <laughs> yep, nope, 100%. I, um, yeah, no, well, uh, speaking of like the, uh, if we're going to be talking gameplay mechanics, um, the abilities, 
interesting that a lot there are some abilities that were abilities that you would have to manually equip originally are so they're sort of already on when you start up the game um i, I mean because the idea is like sora he's definitely weaker after dream drop the events of dream drop distance he got metroided yeah he did he did Thank you, Barry from. Game I was going to say, just to quote Barry from uh, X Game Grumps, he he nearly, he nearly got naughted, but definitely got Metroid. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, that's a that's a oh. even mentioning that sentence. Like I was like, do I explain it? It would take too long. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> uh yeah. So, and it, that's nice, but it's also been nice, sort of how quickly you're unlocking stuff as well as you level up. Yeah, true. But it still doesn't feel overwhelming. Like, it it, no, does, no. it is, but especially in terms of a, a Kingdom Hearts game, it's not super overwhelming. I mean, it seems pretty straightforward. It might feel overwhelming to someone who hasn't played one before, but yeah. considering this isn't my first way, first ride around the... Uh, <laughs> the Splash Disney Mountain. Land, D- Disneyland. The Splash Mountain water track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of it was sort of like, cool, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I exactly. Got this. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things that I'm like, oh, cool, like that I didn't really get a chance to do in... Birth by Sleep, or I'd heard about from Dream Drop Distance. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I'm just like, I'll call her in the gummy ship now. All right. Yeah. I know how this works. Like, <laughs> this makes gummy this ship. is pretty. Gummy ship is better. It's better, but it's still not there yet. <laughs> I actually really like the gummy ship parts. I don't. So, do we, do I, before we move on from, from the, um, the keyblade stuff, I do want to talk about how much I really like magic in this game. Yes. Normally, I don't. Same. But, again, I don't remember how how much of this was in, again, Dream Drop Distance or 2 or anything. But they've made it much more, I don't want to say active. Because, like, honestly, it is still hold the shortcut button down or, like, pick the magic menu and pick your spell. Mm-hmm. If you're stationary, you know. Eh. But if you're moving, the yes. way that it, it sort of keeps it dynamic, like, chucking out a fire as you're moving, Sora will sort of float along and shoot it out. It's just like, yes. The water one's my cool. favorite to look at when you do that. Because he gets gets surrounded by the water, it like surrounds around him, and he sort of yeah. like dashes and slides through the air, and I'm like, that looks so cool. Favorite to use, Blizzard. I haven't used Blizzard yet. I haven't equipped it actually. Yeah, I, I just oh, got you, it. So you didn't, you didn't play the um the the demo thingy that came on two point eight. Oh right. Okay. So when you throw out Blizzard, uh, if if the enemy is pretty like reasonably far away, like obviously it's got like a range limit. But if it's like mid-range and you throw it out, it'll sort of make a trail of ice along the ground. Oh, okay. You're damn right. You can grind on that. <laughs> Fuck yes. Oh my it's god. So good. This uh, This game is so good at making you just feel awesome. The, it, the it just like it, like hitting like just setting off all those endorphin rushes in your head where you're just like It is. Oh, this is the best. Like I often wonder how it must feel to watch this game being played because sometimes in combat I'm like What's happening anymore? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's happening? It's yeah. I like sometimes because... the, the camera starts spinning around. You're like, ah, uh, um, oh shit, oh, oh no, good, yeah. he's with me. He's throwing me up in the air, and now he's bombing on the ground. Oh god, where am I? My concerns from the demo at PAX are still here. Like this game still was like, hey, here's a giant boss. I'm like, no, your <laughs> camera is not good for this. <laughs> yeah, it's better. Yeah, I guess. It. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, come on, Joel. So it's okay. Like the game's very good, but giant bosses not a strong point. Yeah, (laughs) they're still cool though. That they are cool. I know. I know. I know. know. 
The second boss fight. Yes, I know. Because the because the objective that it tells you to do is fuck made me laugh so much. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. But, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna complain about one mechanic, and I okay. don't. I don't think it's bad. Okay. I just think it could have been simpler. Right. And that is air stepping. Yeah. Yeah, you're so, not wrong. Air stepping. So so. To activate shot lock, <laughs> yeah, we to, to understand air stepping. You have to understand shot lock. You have to understand shot lock. Yeah. So when you when you act to hold down shot lock, you hold down R one, and then typically you would aim at the enemies, and it will for every t- second you it will sort of count up a timer until it hits the max, which for some could be like twenty five hits, or some as little as fifteen. And when you press X, then it activates. So yeah. in this one, they added air stepping, where when you hold down R one. X is that, but square is a thing called air-stepping. Now, mm-hmm. only certain things can be air-stepped to. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and in some areas, it's a really cool way to traverse. I will pay it that. The, the, but... the first time you get to use it, it it's, it's really cool. I really like that. But yeah, there are other points it's... where it's like, you could do it here, but why would the, I? The one I'm thinking of in particular was Olympus. Yes. And it sucked. Really? I thought Olympus was fun. So here's the thing. I spent longer than I want to admit, like air stepping from thing to thing. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I can just aim for the middle thing. Well, why isn't that the default for this area? Like, okay. I get, I get wanting to give it, because honestly, I used to have been in the, uh, the forest of one of the other areas. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. Like zipping to like tree branches was rad. And then like going into like the flow motion spins. Yeah. But that Olympus part, I feel like, I feel like it could have been done better. Oh, well, look, the thing is, though, if you activate that middle, like that, the point that you're supposed to hit, the central point. Yes, that's which is fine and all, but maybe it should have been a different color to signify that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I, okay. It's, no, I, just, I see what you mean now. Yeah. I didn't because like, yeah, I didn't like it. It was just like when I figured that out, it's like, oh, this makes sense. But the rest, like, I don't know. There should be a way to, you know what I mean? Like they're all just yellow squares. Yeah. If that's like the point that you should, it's like, look, this is the most efficient path. Like, I don't know, make it a different color or something. And the thing is, because you've only got a short amount of time to actually th- exactly. activate it. Yeah, that's true. Okay. No, you're not wrong. Like I got halfway up and I was like, okay, that wasn't too bad. I, and then I, I couldn't get to the very top and I was just like, what? And then I fell all the way to the bottom. Oh, uh, I was like, yeah. what did I do wrong? See, a, cu- a couple of attempts later, I was like, okay, this makes sense. But I don't like how it was... It- I would I would say explained, but it wasn't really explained. <laughs> yeah, it's very Kingdom Hearts. Um, yeah, it's just like ah, we'll figure it out later. We'll, we'll figure it out with a retcon later. It's fine. Um, <laughs> we'll re- yeah, we'll retcon it later. Don't it's worry. Fine. Yeah. Uh, no, the thing that did, that happened for me with that part was I I did the first air step to the thing. And I'm like, cool, I'm here. All right, where do I go? I didn't like look up, but like I, t- I didn't turn oh. around and look up, and I'm like, there's fucking nothing here. Like, where am I? So it wasn't it wasn't super long. It was about five minutes of me just going, "Fuck, am I going?" And then I sort of looked up a bit. Oh, yep, cool. Never mind. Carry on. Off we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Honestly, when when I did it right, it was like ten seconds. Yeah. But there was about a solid couple of minutes of there of me just being frustrated, going, "Why is this bad?" <laughs> mm, yeah. No. I I, it, could, it could definitely be. I don't know. Either explained better or. I don't know, something better with the UI. Because, yeah, it was just sort of a mess. But, I mean, it's also Kingdom Hearts, so I was I was sort of ready for it on some level. I just feel like it doesn't... It should only be used... I, I feel like it should be just, like, 
instead of having air stepping and like I don't know if it's got a name or anything, but like the sparkle is that flow motion as well, like the sparkles that you can jump on things. Oh, I fear. I think so. I don't know if it's got a specific name for it. There's a lot of mechanics in this yeah, game. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> the the parkour sparkles. Yeah, like the sparkle auto targets and stuff. I'm calling it sparkle. Okay. Um, well, I'm not going to stop you from calling it sparkle. It's called sparkle now. Um, okay, so that's the little sparkle points. What? Why didn't they just use that? Like that? That could have just been the yeah. default thing. It's like you need to use this certain part to traverse to a certain other part because that's how you climb up a certain boss <laughs> uh yeah no no but that's that's what i mean that's an argument for why like they should have done it they did it with a boss like half an hour ago yeah yeah they really it, again did. that's probably one area the one part of the game so far i'm like i feel like this could have been done better but the rest of it's just been like bliss and i feel like and i'm not going to go into story because oh boy we don't have enough time um Nope. <laughs> and also we're very early on in this one, but like, I feel like it does a really good job, like filling you in on things as much as it can. Um, Obviously you've got to have some prior knowledge. Uh, jumping into this completely cold would be uh, just a nightmare. I, I cannot imagine doing it. Honestly, I, it would I, be terrifying. There are people out there that are doing that. And, I, and I'm look, the thing is that they'll get enjoyment out of this because Running around these worlds is so much fun, and it is. It adds, it's a joy. Yeah, it's so exciting, and it's there's lots to explore as well. But there's like branching paths. Olympus had like branching paths. Yeah, look, and I've I actually that. I've gotten turned around in these worlds, and that yeah. was never a problem in like the older Kingdom Hearts because you're like, cool. Like, there's this this room is probably maybe I don't know. There's tiny, tiny little rooms, mm-hmm. generally with an enemy encounter spawned in it. You beat it, and you sort of go through the north exit. Yep. Done. But these areas are quite large and interesting to explore, and it's refreshing. And they're laid out. like They're not just like, like you said, like rooms or boxes or squares. Yeah, or like, 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 they're yeah just, grids. They're, they're just, yeah, like grids. They're, they're, they're more freeform. And yeah, and it's good. It's so good. It is. It's like, I mean, I can't attest to this because I hadn't had to wait this long for the game, but like, it almost feels like the wait was worth it to have this sort of tech to make it actually so far. Yes. Like, holy, sh- holy crap. Yeah. Just yes. <laughs> That's what I thought. Like, I, I, I didn't want to say out there and say, oh, I think it's worth the wait when I've only waited really for like a year at most for it. Um, yeah, no, it's like definitely 14, so. a significant leap forward. Like the world's just, like it was, it was cool to walk through the Disney areas in the older games, but mm-hmm. I don't know. They they sort of weren't. I'm trying to think of good examples, but like because there are some that are set in in like towns and cities, like Agrabah from Kingdom Hearts Two, for example, mm-hmm. which is pretty large, but also it's just sort of nothing. Yeah, it's and it's it's a lot of white. Yeah, like it's it's like empty. Mm-hmm. The buildings are sort of a mess, so you just get spun around in it. That's one thing. There's, a, there's, a, again, I'm not going to say where it is, but like, there's a, a world that has been in previous Kingdom Hearts games a couple of times that you go to, and in those previous games, it felt pretty empty. Um, but th- this, it, there's, it's, it's alive in this one. Yeah. I know what you mean, and yes, it, it actually feels like a place where people live, and it feels so much fun to wander around and see yeah. what's going on, and there's so much to do and see. And it's only at this point, like one part of that world. There is more parts because I know there are more parts because I've been there in previous games. 
Yeah, um, I am curious to see how a lot of his areas open up because, like, as I think so far, it's roughly like two hours a world for me at the moment, which is honestly really good. Yeah, like, it's pretty good. <laughs> that's that's like well, compared to like say like Kingdom Hearts two to be like hour and a half or so, maybe maybe yeah, hour and fifteen like, minutes. Pretty small. Cutscenes are pretty brief, and then you have a boss fight, and, you, and mm-hmm. you're done. Yep. Uh, I'm just I'm curious to see because I assume we'll be going back through these worlds a second time because that just is a thing that happens in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, you got to double lock the doors. Yeah, double lock them. Mm-hmm. Don't forget yeah. to, to do that. Like, you got to do the key lock, and then you got to do the deadbolt. Let's, exactly. Yeah. Don't forget the deadbolt. Exactly. Don't do it. You can't. You'll regret it's, it. It's unsafe. Not not Ansem, the area. Ansem will in. come for you. Exactly. Yeah. To darkness you will go. Ansem and the Xehanorts. <laughs> the Xehanorts. The new organization. <laughs> Fucking hell. Also, the real new? Is it re- it's real. The it's real, real organization, the, yeah. This is the real organization. <laughs> it's so it's dumb. So, it's so stupid. It's so, this uh, is my favorite thing about Kingdom Hearts, especially someone who's like sort of in on it now, is like you talk to anyone about Kingdom Hearts, you're like, how do you feel like Kingdom Hearts is that? And people just go, oh, it's so fucking dumb. But I love, I love it. it. It's and it's so true because it's so it's so dumb. So my case in point example for this game of that very thing. Mm-hmm. So I I I I hate this, but I also am so in love with it. And it's yep. the load screens being really stupid. Oh my god. Disney Instagrams. Oh my god! I was like, what? 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 Where's what's the angle on this? Like, I don't know. Everyone's... But I'll tell you what, the hashtags are interesting. Oh my god. Seriously. Like And sometimes they're just they're just openly talking about what what they're planning. I'm like Whoa. <laughs> everyone's on this. Like Apparently, clearly because I've seen I've seen fucking someone else posting about something on another load screen. I don't I don't get it. I don't I saw I saw an ex organization member posting on there. Oh my god. And it had like, their hashtag was their name from the organization and the number. I'm like, that seems inappropriate. Um, yeah. <laughs> Probably so, too soon. Like you were a bad guy just a couple of games ago, dude. Yeah, look, like some most people, some people haven't forgotten quite as quickly as maybe you wanted to. Um, oh boy, it's, yeah. That's, yeah. So that, that feature is my example of that for this game because I hate it, but also I sort of love it. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just confused by it. I just don't understand why it's there. When it first popped up on a load screen, I was like. Oh, that's cute. And when it happened on the second, I'm like, Are we, this is a thing? We're doing this? I was <laughs> oh, just like, there's even one that I got that was just posted by someone that had question marks. It was like, they were a mysterious <laughs> person that clearly we haven't met yet. And it was sort of like something you can but kind of why? figure out. You can kind of figure out maybe who it would be. But yeah, why are they posting on this social media account? And two, like, why, why are they post putting this in the game right now? <laughs> My question to you is, there's a couple of posts that happened very early on on the load screens, mm. but Sora doesn't get his cell phone until much further into the game, a good couple of hours in. True. Explain. Um, Kyron, I think, uh, again, not to go too far into detail with the storyline of Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> time travel is uh, existent in the world of yes, Kingdom Hearts. It's true. Time so travel's here. I feel like instead of, you know, going back in time to recruit people for- Boy war he went back in time and gave himself a phone how like who who on the kingdom hearts team was like you know what this story needs time travel yeah as if it wasn't fucking confusing enough where was the person just going no i'm begging you don't do that (laughs) please stop it 
This is this is already it's gone up its own asshole like three times already. Like it, yeah. But oh, again, yeah. but again, after all that, we're still playing it, and I, I cannot know. wait to stop recording so we can go play more of it. Joel, I can't stop. Like the cutscenes, they have me hooked. Every oh time it's a cutscene, I'm like, "What are you saying? What's happening?" Yep. I won't talk story, but I will say, even though the writing is still mm. a bit all over the shop yeah it is i do think it's better and the cutscenes are, are way better that well that's what i was going to bring up to so the animation of oh, the of anim- the characters oh, are so, they again just to go back to like they, they feel alive they feel real as as real as an anthropomorphic uh duck can be like with that annoying voice <laughs> yeah i love that i love the joke came back the um Oh, what yeah. is it? Yeah. I forget which... I know what you mean. Though. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I was like, ah, that's cute. That's a good little callback there. Um, but yeah, it's... I I don't know. The, the, the animations make them feel like actual... They can emote. Like, in, like you can tell how they're feeling in a scene. Um, I don't think I've seen anyone put their hands, like, over the top, put their hands on their hips at any point at this stage. I think everyone's sort of... No, there hasn't been any hands on the hip mm. anime bullshit yet. Yeah, <laughs> that's... Yeah. Uh, Though, <laughs> there's been plenty of, like, crossed arms. And Sora has. has done... He's, Sora has frequently done the hands behind the head thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. and like, Which with, is pretty with the, anime. With the keyblade, too. The, the arms over the keyblade. That's a, that's a classic look. Um, I, it, it's... I, it's not really super intensive, but... There's a part where two characters get new clothes. There's a cutscene where <laughs> two characters get a new set of clothes, or they get asked to deliver new clothes to another two pair, like characters. Um, if you've never played Kingdom Hearts before, you're probably listening to this going, "What the no, fuck what? are they on about? Um, Why is that a spoiler?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Why is that a spoiler? But it sort of is. <laughs> it kind of is. Um, and then there's that shot. It's like the way that the scene is shot is that the two people who are taking these clothes. And like in the foreground, in like you know to the side, and then like Sora's in the background, in the middle, and he looks so upset because he's like, "But what about my clothes?" And he's like, "Do I do I get any new clothes?" And then the character who's dishing out new outfits is like, "No, we've got something for you too." He's like, "Yes, I knew you wouldn't forget about me." <laughs> and I was like, "It was just such a great moment." He, the look on his face, he's so upset. And I was like, "I have been oh, enjoying Sora. how this game's been handling Sora so far." Yeah. Yep. He's he's kind of he's kind of a little bit Goku esque where, oh he's he's super happy go lucky yeah like he's a little bit he's not the brightest spark he's, in the he, shed he's winging it he's full winging it he's full winging it and he's not the brightest spark in the shed like you really have to spell it out for him and sometimes he has to spell it out for himself yeah. um, <laughs> that's just a Sora problem it is but I, again I love it I love it so yeah. much. I can't stop, like, the cutscenes. I'm like, this is a mess, but I'm in. Let's go. Yep, yep. And I, I love I, I love that whole idea. I love the fact that there are so many people out there that are just like, this is fucking, this is so stupid, and it makes no sense. I mean, okay, but I so... But I love it. Without going into spoilers, which I will not do, mm-hmm. I will say that, like, my hat's off and God knows what else off, also for Tunamora and the team because they have done a very good job of taking this ridiculous convoluted narrative mm-hmm. 
and they're sort of doing a great job of corralling it into it. They're funneling it into a finish point. Yeah. Like you, there's stuff at the start of this game that sets up was make that honestly, I don't, I don't want to. It wasn't really like a oh I figured this out moment, but it was sort of like a okay I think I'm seeing where some of this stuff is going with with a couple of characters in the um opening cinematic. Yeah. So because previously yeah. in trailers they were shown with their faces covered. I think. I think so. Either way, like when I saw them in this, I'm like, okay, well, I know clearly who you two are. I think they looked a little bit. I think they were younger, actually. Maybe they were. Either I think way, they I might was... have been younger, and they weren't. They didn't have specific hairstyles yet. Um, Which yeah. I, I can get it because, like, when you play the game, you're like, okay, cool, that's this person, and that's this person. Oh, and even now, like with the, the brief part of said game that I played that is involved with one of those characters, I was like, oh, I know who that is now. Yes, I get that. I know who that is. Anyway, what I'm saying is I like that through all the confusing bullshit that's been in this series, mm-hmm. it's like, look, seven light, 13 dark. Yep. Let's go. Yep. That's it. That's it. Lots of shot, lots of like group shots of, of <sighs> groups together, man. Oh. The cover art of a game is <gasps> still one of the best things I've ever seen. It's so good. I legitimately want that as a poster on my wall. That is art. I need that in my right. life. My anime senses are just firing on all synapses when I look at that art. I'm just like, oh, look at this. Just look at the, the decades of adventures on this that are just you can remember from this cover art. Let's go. And Let's it, finish it. I feel a little shitty because I feel like I feel like a casual, like just stepping in at the finish line, going, "Yay, I'm here too!" Like, but I, I mean, honestly, it's been so good because I because I've like it's been around as long as I've been friends with you and and some of our other friends who are very big on kingdom hearts so it's it's cool to see because i know how much it means to you guys and that's what made me want to play it in the first place i just never got around to it i had the means to do so um and then finally got around to it last year but um i just took my sweet time with it but uh but yeah like seeing you guys get excited for it and disappointed with it when it wasn't released and all that sort of stuff like it's all I'm I'm excited that I get to play it because it's really fun and I'm having a good time with it. But I'm also excited that you guys get to play it after all this time. And that makes me even happier as well. So like that's such a good feeling. Um When I picked up my copy of the game, <laughs> like the people that were also queuing up for it, I was just like, <laughs> I feel you guys. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. I felt like I felt like weeb trash going in to get mine because I bought a I bought a Sora shirt last week. Like it's a really cool one. I really like it. It's got a really cool like art style to it um i bought a diva one in the same art style and um i just happened to put it on to go pick up the game and i got halfway to the shopping center to get it and i was like oh, i'm wearing this shirt <laughs> i i I'll tell you what joel i know that feeling when i went to see dragon ball on the weekend <laughs> like just by reflex i put on my like pink freezer shirt i'm yep. like no <laughs> i'm not doing this <laughs> it's like i always have a rule where i try not to wear like if I go to see a band, I try not to wear one of their shirts. I try to wear some. Yeah. I try to wear a band that's similar, that I like, <laughs> and I that I have a shirt of. That I'm yeah. like, oh cool, I'm into this band, but like you know, I'm also into this band, which is in the same sort of like genre scene of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the that's my thought process going through. <laughs> now, nah, not for Kingdom Hearts three. I was like, Sora, yay! Oh, made my heart guide me. Um. Close. You nearly had it. I yeah. Look, Kyron, I'm still new. I'm still new to this. Honestly, that phrase is new. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I don't think it. I mean, maybe it was in Birth by Sleep. I think. Mm. Was it Mayor? Was it? Oh shit! What is the line? I think it changes as well. I think it's different. Is it may your heart be your guiding key? It's something like that. It, it's something ridiculous. There's like heart that. guiding and key in there, I'm pretty sure. Yes, I think that's, those words are present in the, in the quote. <laughs> those are the pun intended key words. Um, oh. <laughs> you, know, you know what, Joel? For this game, I guess I'll let it slide because this is also the game where light and dark are, are actual things. <laughs> that's not even, that is not even the most bullshit thing. Let's, I know. let's not talk about the origins of the Keyblades. No, let's not. <laughs> let's not even get into that. No, that's that is a that is an episode on its own. Yeah, which we we look, we're going to be coming back to Kingdom Hearts over the next few weeks, um, no doubt. Um, we might even we might even do like a specific episode where we just talk about. It. I think we should like this because mm. basically, here's the thing: talking about this story, right? If you haven't really played Kingdom Hearts, you're probably not going to be that interested. Yep. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll tackle it as it comes and see see how it goes yeah, in the so coming weeks. We might do a standalone thing to do with Kingdom Hearts. So, um, just our quest log might be pretty bare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let us know if you think that's something we should do. But um, please be excited. I guess. <laughs> Classic Square Enix. Exactly. I felt I felt like it was uh, it was on brand. So, but all you might keep thinking about. Well, and it's not fair. I shouldn't do this because I am currently playing. I'm in. I'm living Kingdom Hearts 3. Yep. But in the back of my head, in the back of my head, I can just hear Nomura going, hey, I'm working on Final Fantasy VII Remake now. I'm like, stop it. True. Stop it. <laughs> True. Like, it's a save of this one, Karen. Save of this I'm, one. Cause it might... I am. But in the back of my head, it's just like, but also now this is happening. I'm like, shh, shh. How, how, many, how, many years, how many years are we since the announcement now? Of Seven Remake? Yeah. What was that infamous GT E3? I think it's. I think we're like three or four years. This might be the fourth year. It it has changed developers since the announcement. <laughs> Jesus, because um, the original team making it was Cyber Connect when it was going to be like episodic. That's right. But then that then it went in house, and we haven't heard since. Yeah. But hey, Nomura and the team want us to know that development is pro- pro- um, progressing smoothly. So hey, who yeah. knows? <laughs> Slowly. But smoothly, man. Square Enix, like, oh, they, they're they're such they're such bastards because they know that everyone's just gonna they're, they're gonna eat it up as soon as it comes out. Oh yes, look absolutely. at Kingdom Hearts. It's been like you said, fourteen years. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts two was in two thousand and five. Again, there have been true I mean, Birth by Sleep and Dream of Distance. Those those should be numbered because they are important. But technically, they're spinoffs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They fill a very important plot hole. Like, if you went straight from Kingdom Hearts 2 to 3, you'd be like, what happened? <laughs> Even the brief amount of Birth by Sleep that I played, like, helped. Um, yeah, well, because at lot. least you would... You met, like, Ventus, Terra, and um, Aqua. Aqua. Yeah. And then, like, at watching least... the recaps, I'm like, oh, I know who these people are. It's fine. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that's a big part of 3, is, like, knowing who those three are, because they are integral to the story. Shion's the only one that I was a little bit... Yeah, um, I, get, I, I don't know how important she's going to be to this one, but I've, I'm getting feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm, get, I'm getting rumblings. Anyway, anyway, we could keep going on about this all yeah. night, and I, I, as much as I would love to, I would also like to play it. So The show must go on. Yes, indeed. But uh, I think it's safe to say we're both really enjoying Kingdom Hearts 3 right now. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. When yes. I put the controller down to go to work or go to bed, I just get sad. <laughs> oh, I get so sad. 
having to like pick it up for the, uh, like like having to go to work last night and do a close shift and then when I got home from work I was like I'm gonna play Kingdom Hearts I got on the couch and I'm like I'm so tired <laughs> I need to go but I need to play Kingdom Hearts and I went to start it up and I'm like I can't do this tonight I'm just gonna have to put some TV on so I can go to bed like yeah it, yeah I hear it I feel sucks you. but uh but I got nothing on all day tomorrow so mm, pumped pumped well, now with our impressions of Kingdom Hearts 3 out of the way, uh, I think it's time we moved on with the show and check in with everyone's favourite podcast news game, Dope or Nope. Dope or Nope. I swear one day I'm going to write a better intro tagline to that. I, I, <laughs> I keep saying every week I go to do it and I'm like, hey man, I really should write like, something down. Much like Sora, you're winging it. I am winging it. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's how I roll. Hands on my hips, hands on my head, back of my head. Just chilling. Yeah, just chilling. Just yeah. hanging out. Uh, if you, having a good time. Exactly. If you didn't know, um, a Dope on Ope is our news segment of the show where we each bring some new, uh, an assortment of news stories to the table uh, and we both decide whether or not uh, it's dope where we both talk about it or nope where we move on and completely forget it exists entirely. Uh, if one of us dopes the story and one of us nopes the story, uh, the person who doped the story gets a very small window of time to state their case and give us the, the cliff notes of uh, said story and uh, we go through it uh, that way until we are out of news stories. Got a few this week, Kyron. Just a just a casual few. Um, yeah, you're still getting started. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're, the ball's there's, rolling there's a little bit. Still things happening, though. Yeah, the the ball's you know rolling a little bit. Um, so, do you want to go first, Kyron, this week? I mean, I will because I think everyone knows the elephant in the room. But I'm bringing to the to dope or nope to that's, the table because yeah, that's why I thought you might want to get this one out of the way, rip the bandaid off. <laughs> it's unavoidable. Yep. Uh, okay. I mean, the headline is pretty simple. Metroid Prime Four has been delayed. I, look, I don't want to say the story is dope. It's, this is a weird one because it, yeah, I think it's like half dope, half nope. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. I think it's definitely something we need to talk about. Um. It's, yeah, like I said, it's the elephant in the room, at least for me. <laughs> of course, 100%, yeah. Um, yeah, give us give us the rundown. Okay, so I'm not just going to give you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to paint you a picture of what happened. Okay. I was, I think, cause was it last, was, was it Friday it happened? I think it was Friday. Mm-hmm. I think, I was, yeah. Because I was playing some Resident Evil too, and I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm too, I'm really stressed out, I need to, Plug up, like unplug for like the last hour of my night to unwind for bed. I'll just open up YouTube. Uh, obviously, I'm subscribed to Nintendo's various region channels. Right. So like you know Nintendo Japan, America, and Europe. I open up my feed, and what I see in my YouTube feed is a Nintendo JP upload with a Metroid Prime Four thumbnails. Like I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what is it? This is all in Japanese. Yep. I loaded up I'm like. Anyone in the vicinity, can you translate what this man is saying? Uh, and then, uh, you know, like five, a couple minutes later, like the English version went up and I was like, okay, here we go. Now I can watch it. The long and short of it, really, I, I'll, I'll pull one quote from the thing that sort of sums up what this story is. So this comes from um, Shinya Takahashi, okay. the senior managing executive officer at Nintendo. Yep. 
And so basically this video was a very, was a, was a development update on how this game was progressing. And the, the, the main quote that I, I'm seeing pulled everywhere because it does sum the story up is as follows. The current development progress has not reached the standards we seek in a sequel to the Metroid Prime series. Nintendo always strives for the highest quality in our games, and in the, in the development phase, we challenge ourselves and confront whether the game is living up to the quality up to that quality on a daily basis. So, the, yeah, the long and short of it is they were making Metroid Prime Four. Mm-hmm. It wasn't good, or it wasn't up to their standards. Right. So, as a result. They've decided to go back and they've re- they've re-examined their development structure and made the decision to start the game from scratch with Retro Studios at the helm. Right. So Retro Studios, if you are not aware, or if you haven't heard me say it myself, they are the team that made the original Metroid Prime trilogy, as well as a couple of Donkey Kong games and some stuff before that. Yeah, of uh, course. They contributed to like Mario Kart Seven on the the DS or the 3DS or whatever it was. Their, so, like, their bread and butter is the, the Metro Prime trilogy though. Yeah, well that's what that's what people know them for. Well, of course. So yeah. and I think we were, we were all thinking like back when Metroid Prime 4 was announced, the biggest mystery was who was making it. Yes. Because we never got an official team. Mm. We had like rumors and leaks that it was like, oh Bandai Namco is making it. Mm-hmm. Down in their Singapore studio, the team that was once doing Star Wars 1313. And then things, but we never had an official word, so it's always been a mystery. And now we never really know who was making it because that that Metroid game dead. Yep. And we're starting again with Retro at the helm. Yeah. So obviously, like, not great the fact that everyone was really excited to have some more news about it. I don't think this is the news that anybody really wanted. But having heard all the details of said story, it's probably for the best. In a way. Um, oh, yeah, look. So, I I think I experienced all the the um, the steps of grief <laughs> with this announcement. Yep. And I have I have arrived at acceptance. The, the, the main thing I want to take away from this, because I did see, again, this is, sing- this is only a couple of people I saw saying this. One person in particular on Twitter who I follow. <laughs> and okay. I was just like, all right, man. All right, ease up. Talking about how like the delay sucked, but it wasn't, you know, Metroid wasn't that big of a franchise in Nintendo compared to a couple other things they had. And I was like, look, that's fair. But I think you're underselling that Nintendo, this is like Nintendo was acknowledging that when they put out their next Metroid game, they want it to be good. Yes. Because I mean, even though I still have, I think there are more positives than I remember, but remember there being negatives for Metroid other M that game still in the circle of Metroid fans does leave a bad taste in some people's mouths. Yeah. And I, then of course yeah. Federation Force. <laughs> oh yeah. But we we got a little bit of an up with with Samus Returns. Samus Returns. Returns was good. It was very good. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, again I did hear people saying, Oh I wish it was sprite based. And honestly I feel ya. Uh, yeah. I would love another sprite based two D Metroid, but uh not what we got. Anyway, I this this is very open of Nintendo. I'm not sure if we've ever really seen them like take like wear the brunt of it like this, really. Yeah, and I, I think it's the right thing to do. Like they just absolutely di- it's, it's the correct amount of transparency to have in this situation. Just directly, you know, one person standing in front of a camera, just laying everything out and going, "This is what the situation is. This is what we're where we, we were at. 
This is what's happening. This is where we're going in the future. And it's like, all right, okay, cool. And it's it's not a cheap decision because no, presumably this this, however, whatever the development structure was for Prime Four, mm-hmm. like it had been progressing since E three two years ago, basically, nearly two years ago now. Yes. So like to just scrap whatever they had done and start fresh or retro, like that's no small choice. Like you don't just go, ah, oh, well, we'll try again. Like this obviously was fought through. And I think they sort of had to like put this video out because when that next direct shows up and Metroid is absent again, yeah, I think people would have been asking questions. Well, that leads the case. Are we having, is there going to be a direct soon then? And maybe they were just, Putting this out now, and then in like another week or two's time, they're just like, cool, we got that bad news out of the way now, we've ripped the band-aid off, here's all the cool stuff that we are ready to talk about. I mean, the, the direct thing is a whole strange situation. It almost felt like there was meant to be one in January, when they put out a bunch of those release dates, and like, like Yoshi got dated, and Dragon's Dogma got announced for Switch, and Final Fantasy X... HD and 12 got dated. It's mm-hmm. like, whoa, these, these, this feels like it could have been a direct, but it didn't happen. Uh, there have been things possi- po- popping up as like rumors or leaks that's like could be pointing to a direct around the corner. Either way, who knows? I just, this had to happen now before that direct because yeah, it, it was, it was as much as I loved the Joker announcement from the Game Awards. Yeah. I was like, <sighs> I think. And after last E3, even though they still had a really good E3, I yeah. was, and I couldn't help it. I was like, where's Metroid, guys? Like, you showed me a, a logo, and that was it. Yeah, you got they got people's hopes up um, a little bit. And I, I'm not saying that, that they were they were wrong to sort of do that oh. when they did. I don't think so at all. But No, 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 of course not. Um, I, I think it they they realized that what the, the internet can be like sometimes and um and some people on the internet some of the the vocal minority um so i think yeah like you said getting this out there now just being like calm down this is what's happening this is why we haven't said anything we know it sucks for now but in 3 years time you're going to look back on this moment and go fuck fuck i'm glad they did that you know because now we got this game and it's really great and everyone loves it. Yeah. Ideally anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, ho- hopefully. That's yeah. that's the goal, I guess. Touch wood. It's yeah. Um yeah, look, I, I honestly am sending much like a spirit bomb, I'm giving as much of my energy as I can to Retro Studios because mm-hmm. <sighs> Retro Retro was such a mystery. Like right like, since Tropical Freeze came out on Wii U, they haven't really put a game out. Yeah. So. And I know we've talked a lot about the leaks, I think, last year with Star Fox Grand Prix. Yep. If that exists, like, you have to imagine it's done. If Like, you can, you can put a small team, I guess, ramping up production on Metroid Prime 4. But it just feels weird to me for, like, the first thing, like, okay, after all these years, we know that Retro is starting Metroid Prime 4 now. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, it doesn't It doesn't really add up, does it? Uh, unless unless they were developing it all along and what they had originally isn't wasn't shaping like, up the way they wanted it to, and then they chose this time to announce Retro, which I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but... Um... I mean, so Nintendo's always been weird, right, with oh, Metroid. Yeah. 
Super Metroid was obviously it is a classic. Of course, it. If you try to argue that that it isn't, I will fight you with my fists. <laughs> uh, he, he'll do it too. I, I'll I, do it. He'll it's do a it. Classic. Uh, but then after that, like again, like this, like big lulls for Metroid. It's not a new thing. Like Metroid Super Metroid came out in '94. We didn't get Metroid Prime and fusion until i think 2001 maybe 2000 i think it's 2001 yeah like that's like a six year gap seven year gap yeah uh we just so happened like like retro came in they made metroid prime it was a smash hit so they did two sequels and we got so we got a trilogy in like a pretty condensed window of time and that was from the american-based studio then it went back to japan and we got team ninjas of m it was a mixed bag at best. <laughs> at very best, yeah. At very best. I mean, I think Nintendo was just sort of cagey about the whole Metroid thing because then it went back on sort of hiatus again until we saw that logo and on technically until we got Federation Force, which I I keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people do forget about yeah. <laughs> Federation but Force. I guess what I'm saying is this, it sucks, but... I was already pretty sus on the whole thing when it had been so quiet for so long. Yeah. But I do appreciate Nintendo just being honest about it. Like, if nothing else, I'm I'm glad that at least I know that, look, it wasn't shaping up, so we're starting again. It'll probably be three or four years until I see this game. Mm. Uh, I am hopeful that since we know it's with Retro, maybe they'll be more inclined... Not probably not this year, but next year to give us a peek at something, please. <laughs> like, I think yeah, maybe this time next year yeah. we might get a CG trailer. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, because it, it, I mean, it's tough, right? Like making a game isn't easy. Well, here's the thing. So, do you think there there are other Metroid there are other Metroid projects in the works at the moment that are a lot closer to release? Say like another. Samus Returns, or a sprite-based 2D platformer, or... I mean, the story goes... Oh, actually, I want to verify this first. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the story goes that um, back when Mercury Steam was, like, they wanted to make a Metroid game, mm-hmm. like, Samus Returns wasn't their first port of call. Right. So, originally, they, they presented Metroid Fusion as a remake. Which, I mean, oh. honestly, it doesn't really need one. Fusion's pretty recent and still very much a playable game. Oh, it holds Samus up. Samus Returns is much up. harder to get into. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that's not to say that I think that Fusion will be next, but I am not opposed to Mercury Steam having another run at it. Maybe we'll get the often talked about, never released Metroid Dread. Who knows? Cool. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's possible. I think... Either that or the, the obvious one is the Metroid Prime trilogy on Switch. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, I think that's only... That, that's a matter of... Um, n- not if, but when. Yeah. At this stage. Well, especially now that this, is, this project started again, I imagine if that wasn't already in development, it definitely is now, because that will obviously come out sooner than Metroid Prime 4. And the fact that, like, Retro are working on 4, then they might have a small part of yeah. that team working on a remaster as well. For- yeah. One and three, one to three. Um, yeah, uh, some, some mildly bittersweet news, I guess, to start off Dope or Nope this week. Yeah, look, like I said, 
I went through a lot of emotions when I saw that thumbnail. I was yep. Like, oh, it's is that I made I like triple checked the YouTube account. I'm like, nah, it's official. That's like that's Nintendo. Yep. What is he saying? It was um. <laughs> is this is this good news or bad news? <laughs> I think it broke. The story broke right after we finished recording last week as well. It did. It did. Yeah, and we were just like, uh oh, oh no. <laughs> so it's probably been for the best though. We've had a week theater to sort of really process it all and present everything in a rational way i mean in a way i sort of wish we hadn't seen that logo back at e3 true yep um but oh well they were obviously confident at the time and that's just you know yeah i wonder what went wrong we'll never know we'll never know we'll absolutely never know (laughs) it's one of those mysteries that we'll never know what happened there what what we do know is that Metroid Prime 4, which I don't, I still am not confident it's keeping that name, is coming from Retro Studios. And they are starting basically from scratch. So yeah, it's going to be a wait. Uh, please be excited. <laughs> <laughs> please occasionally just remind me that it's okay. Like Metroid Prime 4 is still coming. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, just a, just a cheeky little update every now and then. It'd be nice. Yeah. Even like, honestly, like, Give me some concept art. Let me see some, I don't know, like... Maybe some people working at desks? I know. If I can, like, see some concept art on their desks, <laughs> I'll take it. I'm hungry. You I'm know thirsty. that's not how this works, Kyron. I know. People at desks talking about how excited they are to how much they played Super Metroid as a child. That's what it'll be. <laughs> that's all it is. I can dream. Exactly. Anyway. um, Would you like a story from me, Kyron? Sure, lay it on me, man. Cool. Uh, I don't know how much mileage this has got. I just thought it was interesting. Um, so the the thread is it's from a from a a Kotaku article, but basically the the, the general gist is uh, Ubisoft sci fi game Pioneer is still alive, but is very different now. I actually didn't see this. Mm-hmm. Which one was Pioneer? I don't know, you'll have to wait and see. Is this one that was teased in Watch Dogs 2? It was, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, okay, it's a dope. Look, Barely. It, it's, it's not going to take long to talk about. Um, so, so basically the quick rundown of what Pioneer was, or is... Was, Whichever is. way you want to put it. Um, yeah, in Watch Dogs 2 there was... Uh, a very very cute mission where you get to go and infiltrate Ubisoft San Francisco um and their actual headquarters because the game was set in San Francisco um and basically like hack in and steal uh I think it was the to steal it from like a trailer for or some some files and one of the files was a trailer for an E3 trailer for a game called Pioneer um, and it looked very sci-fi-esque. Looked really cool. You can still watch that trailer online or in the game itself, I guess. But um, some people have ripped it out, and you can watch it online. Actually, when this because this new, this story actually was a couple of weeks ago, but there's new information to it now. Um, I rewatched it again, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right, that's cool. I'd be interested to see what Ubisoft could do with maybe like a sci-fi game. Um, but basically, on January fourteenth, uh, former Ubisoft creative director Alex Hutchinson. Uh, posted on Twitter, uh, R.I.P. Pioneer. That's all he wrote, with a link to the trailer for the game. 
Um, huh. And so did uh, Naughty Dog animator Jonathan Cooper, who was formerly of Ubisoft. He did the same thing. So a lot of people were just like, all right, cool. Well, I guess whatever they were working on with that has been scrapped. But um, this is from a Kotaku article as well by, uh, I believe, the the man himself, Mr. Jason Schreier. Oh, Jason Schreier, yeah. the man with the contacts. Yeah, the print sneak fuck um, himself. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he's been asking, he says in his article, yet I've asked around, uh, I've asked around since then, I've heard from three people familiar with goings on at Ubisoft that there's still a project called Pioneer in development. It's just very different now. Old Pioneer is dead, said one. Pioneer's half undead brother is here. So there is a full story about that over what's going on um, with with Pioneer. But it seems that, you know, there's something going on um, maybe still at, uh, at I mean, Ubisoft it happens. sci-fi related. Like, projects change directions sometimes. Sometimes ideas aren't working. This story strikes me as odd because it's hard to mourn Pioneer when we don't even know what it was. Yeah, look, and I don't think I'm trying to, like, I'm not trying to look and go, oh, isn't it sad that we'll never know what it is? But it was it was curious that they did this in in uh, in that game. Like, and I thought it was kind of a neat way to do it. And the fact that, yeah, it's got a water, the trailer itself's got a watermark on it. I'm looking at a screenshot from it now. Uh, it's got a watermark on it that says uh, Ubisoft Confidential, do not distribute. And in the name of the file is E3 Conf, E3 underscore Conf underscore video underscore VO3. Um, it was very cute of him. It was. And I mean, like, yeah, it was It was walking that line of being a little bit on the nose, but I kind of liked it, that, that whole thing of the fact that they put their own offices in there. And I mean, why wouldn't they if they set the game in, in um in, Mon- in uh, San Francisco and they knew they had offices there? Why wouldn't you put your own game studio in there? Um, and it was fun to sort of infiltrate that. and uh, But then get this neat little thing. Um, but yeah, so basically, yeah, I, 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 that's about... It. There's a whole story about it that seems to sort of go into a whole bunch of detail that Jason Schreier has dragged up himself about the game. But because uh, he's good at his job, he is. He's very good at getting information out of people. Um, so th- they they are working on something that's called Pi- like Project Pioneer, but whether or not it's the same game at, that it was that was teased in uh, in Watch Dogs Two, and whether or not we'll still actually see it. Honestly, I think we will mm-hmm. if. If there's anything we can conf- like we can confidently believe in with Ubisoft, it's that they're willing to do a new IP. Right. Exactly. Like I know I, I know we've got like they do like the sequels, like we're getting a Far Cry next month. We just had an Assassin's Creed last year. But like I know it hasn't come out yet, but Skull and Bones is coming. True. Yeah. I, I think it is time for a new a new uh I almost I almost honestly feel like Beyond Good and Evil Two should be a different have a different name, but whatever. They obviously want to stick the net, like, the brand on it. Well, here's the thing. Is that what Pioneer is being referred to in house now? That's the thought that I had. I don't know, just throwing it out there. I mean it's a sci fi game. Like it's it's you know, It's possible. It's um yeah. There's a whole bunch of information here I was reading through. Apparently, uh, yeah, Pioneer continued under new creative leadership and turned into something of a running joke as, as staff at Ubisoft Montreal exchanged whispers about whether or not it actually might come out. Uh, oh, and wow. then it, uh, it, yeah, then the whole thing with that tweet came out. Um, 
they actually rebooted Pioneer once again, transforming it from a non-violent exploration game into a co-op multiplayer alien shooter that uses some of Pioneer's old features. Good God. Take me back to the other one. Yeah. So um, it seems there's a whole troubled thing that's gone on with this whole... Yeah. Look, they're just trying to find the idea that they think will sell when it comes down to it. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and if it's, I don't think it's going to be a big temple game. I think it might be just a a smaller scale title that they put out. And again, that's sort of the exciting thing about a new game from Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, remember the very first Assassin's Creed? Well, that's it. Uh, and I think now, too, that they're they're back on their own feet, like, at their own two feet again after the whole Vivendi takeover kerfuffle has sort of... The, the dust has settled on that. I think they're here now to sort of prove to everyone that, hey, we're here to take a couple of risks... We've got our we've got our old favourites. We've got our staples that people really like, that sell really well, and that we're doing really well with. But we're willing to take a bit more of a risk with some new stuff that you might not expect. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of all all, all the story. I, I highly recommend reading through that uh, that article. Story to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, cool. Uh, Kai, what do you got next for me? July stories have been very, uh, not really heavy, but they've been, like, things are happening in this industry. Even if it's not, like, happening in a way, in ways that we can see it, like, things are in motion. Yeah, look, we can't have one without the other. Like, it's, you know, we've got Kingdom Hearts 3 now, but, you know, it's just a good thing. But then, you know, Metro Prime 4 has been, you know, rebooted from the start. So that's I, not great. I, I like Retro. I think... <laughs> I think they'll be okay. It's just in the back of my head, I can't stop thinking. It's like oh, it's been so many years since I put a game out, but it's it's not good. Like they, they, if anyone's gonna know how to make a new Metroid Prime, it'll be the, the even though a lot of some of the team from the original group that made the first one, like I think someone actually about a year or so ago, because again, Retro's been, we're back on Metroid, Joel. Uh. Retro's <laughs> been such a um that they're a mystery. And I think someone on Reddit was just basically, he had this huge thread where he sort of went through like names of staff and like, are they still at retro? What were they responsible for? And like a decent amount of people are still there. Right. Okay. The weight will hurt, but I believe in retro. I just need, I'm just curious about what they've been doing. If not Metroid, because if if they're just starting that now, what else is there? And please be Star Fox. (laughs) Yeah, fuck yeah. I want that Star Fox Grand Prix game so badly. It sounds so ridiculous. If it's what I imagine it is, which is unfair. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And it almost certainly won't be, but yeah. Exactly. Anyway. Speaking of like the things being in motion. Okay. This this story actually popped up. Like I woke up this morning and was like refreshing my Twitter feed and saw this and was just like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Quantic Dream has received investment from NetEase to develop next-gen games. Uh, I'm going to dope this because that was one of my stories. So Yes, this is interesting. This I'm is... also going to dope it, obviously. I, I saw it this morning. I, I got up a little bit late to get to work this morning, and um, I saw this in passing, and I didn't pay much attention to it until I got home tonight, and then saw it pop up again. I think it was a YouTube video pop up about it, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Uh-huh. All right. And it sort of yes. sunk in then. So the gist of a story, it sort of follows along the same. They're using a lot of the same language they used last year when they described their 100 
$1.5 million investment in Bungie, developers of Halo and Destiny. Similar words are being uttered here. Basically, they're, right. they're, I think they've got a minority stake in the company now. But hmm. no longer. Well, at least not for the, the games that are going to come from this this deal. Quantic Dream games will be on other platforms. Bizarre. It's And like, it's weird because Fahrenheit was, or Indigo Prophecy, or whatever yeah. it has. But ever since like Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, and to Detroit Become Human, I've just sort of assumed they're like part of Sony's portfolio of studios. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. You sort of assumed that they were a first party studio in a way. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's bizarre. Do you think Sony are in super upset about this? I mean, probably not. Then they're still get, they'll still get the game. The PS4 is like the best selling current gen console out there. Yeah, and also in terms of like first party exclusives, I don't think in they're their. Not hurting. I was gonna say they're not hurting, and I don't know if a Quantic Dream game holds as much weight as it used to. In a way, do you think? Um. It's tough. I think they actually made some good ground with Detroit. I think they did too. From what I heard, anyway, I haven't played it myself, yeah. but like Beyond Beyond Two Souls wasn't great, but Detroit was definitely a step in the right direction. Mm. Uh, and it'll just be interesting to see the results of this partnership. Um, it seems pretty much like NetEase is just like we're invested, but you guys do you, which is a smart way, I guess, for a company like this to get a cut of a, that sweet profit. It's also a, a dangerous situation a situation for a company to go to give a whole bunch of money to Quantic Dream and say, you do you, when there's someone like David Cage in the lead. Yeah, boy, David Cage, yeah, he is a person that works for Quantic Dream. Yes. Are we ready, uh, for, are we ready for Unleashed, like like David Cage off the chain? David, uh, David Uncaged, if you would. Joel, I'm going to give that one a pass, but <laughs> it was close. Hey. I mean, that's the question. Like, I <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm still not super convinced by David Cage as, like, a video game person, like, with his writing and his games and stuff. Again, Detroit was a step in the right direction. Beyond Two Souls, still not great. And Heavy Rain, Force of the Time, was incredibly compelling. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well it holds up, so... But at the same time, he is trying to do things, I guess. Like, he's trying That's to true. make these grand interactive movies. And like I said, I, Detroit is probably the best one they've done, I think. Yeah, so I, in, my, in my eyes, I feel like David Cage is like one bad day away from becoming the video games version of Tommy Wiseau. Oh my god, you're so right. <laughs> like, it, like just one. Like they got he got very close with Beyond Two Souls. He dipped his toe very, very much so with that. And I feel like yeah, it's if you give no limits to to David Cage, I don't know if the world's ready for it. Um, I mean, on the bright side, you'll be waiting because it seems to be the the, the description is it's an investment in the development and creation of the next generation games. Right. So probably not going to matter this generation, Yeah. but I guess it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I feel like, I feel like David Cage thinks he's doing like 
important work oh, to the world. Oh, he, d- he, like, if you just, sometimes if you just listen to that man talk, mm-hmm. he, he does think that. Yeah, but I don't, I, I, unlike Tommy Wiseau, I don't think he's quite as endearing. Whereas, I also think on some level, Tommy's aware now as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, look, I don't Please. know, man. I want to say, that, like, that, like that's it, the genius of it. Like, logically, you're just like, well, yeah, clearly he he's in on the joke. But then you're like, but is he though? <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but you're you're 100 percent right. That's that's the genius of it all, I guess. Whereas I think David Cage just thinks he's this like enlightened person that's giving the world his stories. He's, He's here to save the video game narrative as a concept. Oh god. I got you. Here is here is how to do a video game narrative. David, look, I'll be honest with you. I have notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas we're over here praising praising the the very little amount that we play, but like a franchise though of of games hey, well, that are convoluted not- as all bullshit and we're just like they're fucking great and we love them. I'll have you know that most praise I offered Kingdom Hearts 3 so far is that I think it's doing a good job of rounding it all up. <laughs> hey, that's but that's high praise considering it's Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair, that's fair. That's, that's, you got me. That's like... That's, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to think of an analogy of what that would be like, but I, my brain is not working tonight. Um, but yeah, that's it's interesting. I, I, I just, I'm wondering what we're going to get from them now. I mean, the... It, Depend like oh man, I don't know how what, what what funding was like when they were making like the Sony games, but Quantic Dream games are always like a ridiculous showpiece of technology, yeah. especially with like the face capture, and it, the, the performances were iffy in the earlier games. But in Detroit, they were pretty damn good well, at times. A lot of their a lot of their games have been used in like tech demos as well. Like, well, generally, like you'll see a tech demo, and that's. That's sort of the game you'll get next. Exactly. Like, I mean, Kara was Ka- the last one yeah. we had. Yeah. Kara showed up. She showed up, I think, before. Oh, before was it? But like, you could, you looked at that, you're like, there's an idea here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I, I hope they can, they can finally get there. Finally get over that, that, that line. But Again, some... like maybe they'll maybe maybe they'll get better. Who knows? Like, yeah, maybe with this sort of outside funding and being able to freely develop what they want to do, I guess in a way, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I just that story popped up in my feed this morning. I was it just it's had me thinking most of the day. It's gone. Jeez, that's Quantic Dream. Like Quantic Dream unleashed mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah, it's uh yeah the 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 possibilities are terrifying but exciting. I think in a way. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I also had that story with me as well, so I've only got one left. Me too. Well, okay, well, this worked out all right. Um, cool. All right. Would you like to hear my story, Karen? Lay it on me, Joel. So we've had a lot of heavy lifting in this episode in terms of news this week. It's been pretty, you know, a good, a good solid, you know, intelligent conversation about things, I feel. Are you, are you bringing one of your patented, light-hearted Joel stories? You fucking better believe I am. Is this, is this like the Bart's People segment? It, oh, kind of. <laughs> I, oh, no. This story, I was just scrolling through Reset Era, and then there was a, a headline that, like, directed to a Kotaku article. Uh, and I'm just going to read the headline, because I feel uh, like it's going to be enough to get you in on this one. Uh 
Frenchman gets four months in prison for replacing PS4 price tag with a $10 fruit sticker. What? I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it again for you. It's Frenchman gets four months in prison for replacing PS4 price tag with a $10 fruit sticker. A $10 fruit sticker? Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this, this feels like clickbait but uh it does but it's actually it's a legitimate story all right joel i say legitimate but like it's it is a story is it a long story no it's not at all it's 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 a nice i just thought it'd be an i i couldn't pass it up it was too good of a headline and um i read the story and it's pretty basic so uh, a 19 year old man from france uh from uh, nice in france uh he went to the uh his local supermarket took a playstation 4 off the shelf, went to the fruit and vegetable section, weighed it, printed out a price tag sticker, uh, put it on the box, and then went to a self-serve checkout and purchased it. Good God. So uh, apparently it was priced at uh, 340 euros, which is about $543. Um, I don't know if this is in US or Australian currency, but, um, oh yeah, 500 so for a PS, yeah, PlayStation 4, yeah, $543. Um, but with the sticker, it brought it down to nine pounds, which is about 14 bucks. Jesus Christ. Um, and then he apparently went on and sold it for a hundred pounds, a hundred euros. My God. In order to pay for a train ticket. Um, and yeah, he was sentenced to four months in prison because he, he went back, (laughs) he went back the next day to try to do the same thing again. (laughs) He got caught by the police. you idiots! Uh, and then he uh, he didn't show up in court, so they arrested him, and he's been oh sentenced God. to four months in prison. So I was gonna say, quit while you're ahead, but that clearly wasn't a thing he was doing. Um, this Kotaku article is written great. They use terms such as uh, the great PlayStation fruit heist of 2018. Uh, this was back in September, uh, and then the final line of their article was: at this point, he probably wishes he'd just bought a banana. Um, oh, we should have just done that. Uh, I just thought like that that was too good a story to pass up. That's insane. Um, and yeah, yeah, bought it for the price of uh for the price of a three kilo bag of produce. But you know what, Joel? As someone who works in retail, you'd be surprised what people will try to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I know this is a little bit different, but like the amount of times, and it was purely on accident. I never did this intentionally because I'm not a thief. But like, I go to the supermarket and buy a few things, and I'd get, I'd have like a slab of like say Pepsi Max or something, and because it's so heavy, I wouldn't. I'd put it on the floor next to me. And then I'd scan all the rest of my stuff through and then pay for my stuff and then leave. And then I get, I, I, a couple of times I did this, I got halfway home and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't actually pay for that. Did I? <laughs> I didn't Joel, scan this now, that. This is now evidence. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Look, come get me. I'm going to sell it for $150 online um, to buy a train next ticket. Week, next week to Dope or Nope, I'll bring the story of Joel <laughs> getting four months prison. And, and, hey, and you, you can dope it all you want because there'll be no one here <laughs> to say <laughs> no to the story. <laughs> It'll just be oh, you. Oh no! It'll just be me. Yep, just I have you. complete control. Yeah, you're like I'm really enjoying Kingdom Hearts. Also, Joel's been arrested <laughs> um, for theft of uh, a slab of Pepsi Max. Um, Gonna be honest, I think we all saw it coming eventually. Well, yeah. Look, hey, I I, <laughs> I live fast, and I've got nothing else to say to that. Um, I've got nothing. I'm out. But yeah, I, I thought that, I thought that was a really good. Uh, oh, yeah. It was just a fun, lighthearted story. I think just to to end off on my uh, my news stories for the week. 
Well, <laughs> I have one more. Okay. You you will know this story because I shared it in chat, <laughs> in our little chat group we have. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to use the headline here because I just, it's still, like, I think about it and I laugh at this point. Valve. Removing Metro Exodus from Steam is unfair. I was gonna bring this, but then I was like, "No, I know Kyron's gonna bring it because he's he's aware it's of so, it." Because he, like you said, you brought it into it's our so chat. funny. Uh, it's dope for me. It's an emphatic dope for me. Okay, and like to be fair, like it's funny, but I can I don't care about Valve. Honestly, I don't. No customers, I can sort of see the problem. So here's here's the gist of it. Basically, Metro Exodus is releasing on February 15th. Mm -hmm. And up until, like, today, you could pre-order on Steam. But as of today, Deep Silver and the the developer 4A Games have signed an exclusive launch deal with the Epic Games Store. Hmm. So basically what this means is this game will not be on Steam. At least, again, it it does say exclusive launch deal i'm not sure if that means down the road it could happen if that even happens but uh at least at launch like you will not be getting metro exodus on steam um i thought i read somewhere that they are honoring existing pre-orders on steam though yes they are and like honestly this is the part where i i get it but also part of me is like "Mm, pre-ordering huh because valve's valve has basically been was like, look, we think the decision to remove the game is unfair to Steam customers, especially after such a long pre-sale period. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, something, something, don't pre-order something, something. <laughs> yeah. Also, though, I, I do feel like this game is coming out in February 15th. I so that's it, isn't feel it? Like, like this is a, it's real close. That's real close to be signing an exclusive, like, yeah. release deal. So, like... I get, yeah, I get both sides, and I I do find it funny just listening to Val be like, "This is unfair." I'm like, "Guys, your Steam, your storefront sucks. Yeah, it's just terrible. It's it's just the worst." Yeah, but if you're a customer and you did pre-order on Steam, like, imagine waking up going, "Oh, by the way, this game's not coming to Steam anymore." It's like, "Oh, well, that's shit." Well, fuck me, I guess, right? Yeah, like, like, like Division Two was announced to basically be skipping Steam. Yeah, but. You know, and, and you know, going to Epic Game Store, but at least you know that comes out in March or whatever. So there's a couple of months. Exactly. Like this is, but two weeks. Metro Exodus has basically been on Steam since it was. I don't know if it was since it was announced, but definitely the last few months. Yeah. And yeah, this is cutting it real close. Yeah, it seems like a backdoor shady deal if I ever did see one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do agree. With- Epic with those checks. Oh yeah, just fucking just throwing around money like no one's business. Um. But I do, I, I agree with you. I think it's hilarious that, that Valve were just like, oh, that's not fair. They're doing something wrong. That's bad. No. And you're like, uh, yeah. yeah, we all know the real reason why you're upset about this. Uh, yeah, exactly. You feel threatened when it comes down to it. But having said that, I don't know if, I see, I see both sides of the argument as well. But yeah. It's just. It's just so interesting to me to go to the Steam page for this, for Metro Exodus, and to see the, like, the notice. And it, yeah, because when I saw that, like, Valve thought it was unfair, I thought it was maybe an, an like, a, a blog update or something on, like, a Valve page, where they were like, look, yeah, this is the situation, blah, blah, blah. 
But if you go to the Metro Exodus like Steam page, it is there in like the notice. Like the last paragraph is just we think the decision to remove decision to remove the game is unfair to Steam customers. That's uh yeah. Look, you could just putting it yeah. like well, all right, guys. Like yeah, it's not a great move. But maybe I mean I have to hope that Steam will turn their ship around at some point. Yeah. A lot of people not, a, a lot of people thought that they were going to finish Half-Life 2 episode 3 as well, but that's it's true. That hurts, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, it does. It hurts a lot. Who am I kidding? I don't think I care anymore. Nah. Like if they announce Half-Life 3, I just don't care. It will never be as good as anyone will make it out to be in their own minds. Exactly. Of no way it could be live up to or ever exceed any expectations that anyone has set for that game. At this point, Joel, it's nearly a, it's nearly a game of who will sign a deal with Epic next. True, yeah. Like, who's next to just go, hey, our game's coming to the mm-hmm. Epic store. I thought for a second then, you, it's just a matter of time before we... Uh, how long do you think it's going to be until uh, Gearbox sign on to actually finish off the Half-Life franchise? No, no, never. That's never happening. I would never take that. <laughs> hey. Duke Nukem forever. Um, <laughs> hey, Joel, counterpoint. Yep. Duke Nukem forever. <laughs> Think about that one. Yep. Nope. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I don't know. Just an interesting little story. Mm. Deals being signed. Epic clearly with the money. Yeah. Epic. Uh, Not a- Epic. I think, yeah, 2019. Do you think that they're starting to realize that maybe... I'm not saying I'm not saying this as any way like trying to be antagonistic or anything like that. But do you think they're starting to sort of see the decline in maybe Fortnite? They're, they're sort of future proofing themselves. I don't think so. I think they're doing this while they've got the Fortnite money. Well, that's what I mean. So they're they're future proofing oh, okay. themselves for the inevitable day um, where where the the shine wears off on Fortnite and people start to back away I from know. it. I don't, I don't really know if Epic's even thinking about that. But it's like we're doing well. We've got a, a PC marketplace now. Okay. Valve has not been, like, from a consumer perspective, Valve has been a mixed bag for a while, mm-hmm. especially after the green light debacle yep. and all that stuff. So I think Epic just saw an opportunity and just were like, let's do it. Let's let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I just wonder if that they're, it may not be like super, it might be subconsciously that they're going, like, okay, well, at least if we can establish this now, if all falls through or, like, we see a decline in Fortnite, we've still got this going for us. And we, we, we've done the right thing from the start where we're looking after the developers and giving them a better cut. We're looking after the customers and not trying to fuck them over as much as we can. Um, we're sort of curating our games a lot more than than other places. I don't know. It's It seems just, like, a way for them to just sort of go, all right, cool. Just going to put this over it, stake this claim in the ground here, and we're ready to go just in case it all goes belly up. Um, I mean, look, it's not impossible, mm. but I, I honestly would be surprised if they were, like, I think they're just still riding that Fortnite high. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think they, with that Fortnite money, they were just like, look, this is a good chance for us to sort of, like, make out, like, plan our flag in the PC market, like, landscape when Steam is just losing ground as don't get me wrong like at this point pc gaming is a mess between steam and epic store and ea origin and you can even get games from Uplay, play from ubisoft mm-hmm. and like then there's the 
the battle net launcher like yep. good god yeah no it's yeah there's a lot of little stuff out there at the moment um but it's good to see that people are trying to tackle valve um, yeah like again like valve every time i open steam yeah i just i'm like i want to I, I feel like buying a pc game open steam no actually you know what i don't go to humble <laughs> man just look at the humble store i know yeah humble's good humble's a good store but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I I hope that maybe Valve might start realizing it's time to shape up, but we'll see. I just thought that was interesting, and yeah, just a bit of a dick move to consumers. But I don't know. Valve hasn't really been it, the best to their consumers anyway. It, so the words Valve and bit of a dick to consumers sort of go hand in hand these days, in a way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and you can take out the consumers part and insert like developers. As any, well. Yeah, nearly, nearly any word can go. Bit of there. a dick, yeah. full stop. There we go. Um, but yeah, that's that's the last story I got. That's the last story. I got. Well, I'm all out. Of, I'm all tapped. I'm all out of stories because the other one I had was uh, the the Quantic Dream news. Well, you know what that means, John. That means Dope and Ope's done for another week. Okay, so we're almost done for another edition of the Dialogue Options podcast. But before we leave, I think it's time we checked into the bonus round. Bonus round. The bonus round is, of course, our question and answer segment of the show where uh, you, the listener, get to write in with any thoughts, questions, games, ideas, topics of conversation that you would like us to, to discuss on the show, and uh, we, we do that right now in the bonus round. Uh, we've got a couple this week, and we're going to kick it off riding that Kingdom Hearts, that wave. Uh, I don't know how... We'll see how this one goes. But we've got oh, a question Jesus from uh, our, our good friend, Mr. Broderick Gordes, co-host of the Hunting Seasons podcast. Uh, if you like television series and listening to people talk about said television series, especially people who definitely know what they're talking about, uh, Brod and his co-host, Damask, are definitely right up your alley. Please go and listen to their show. It's really great. Uh, we love it. Uh, I actually was listening to it two nights ago. I was playing catch-up, so I finally finished uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Season 2. So I listened to their Season 2 episode on that. Um, yeah, also a really good show. You should go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. You get a free month. You can probably watch it all because it's all on there at the moment. Uh, it's really good. Um, but Brod asks us this week. I'm a little Poten- bit... Conf- potentially asks us out of hatred, I guess. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like he's, he's uh, kicking the hornet's nest here a little bit. Uh, or expect poking us into kicking said hornet's nest. Um, yeah, Brod asks us, I- I'm a little bit confused. Can you please explain Kingdom Hearts timeline to me in 60 seconds or less? So the it's short, impo- like 60 yeah. seconds is impossible. I was going to say, so the short answer to this question is no. <laughs> Just a flat out no. Um, but I thought, well, I thought I'd recommend some. If you are very confused, Brod, uh, I feel like there there are some some resources out there that might aid you in your and, and assist you a little bit better. It might take a little bit longer than sixty seconds, but I feel like it'll get the point across quite well. Um, obviously, the uh, the the game trailers uh, Kingdom Hearts timeline is a big old thumbs up. Yeah, like um, game trailers is gone, but you can still find that timeline on their channel. Yeah, the and retrospective. It's... Yeah, it's very good. It's like fifty three minutes worth, and it's About um that, yeah yeah it's really good actually. I watched it a couple of weeks ago, 
uh, when I made the call to not actually play through Birth by Sleep or Dream Not Distance, I decided to watch it that night. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't regret it. It was really good. Um, there's also, uh, I think it was from someone called Suggestive Gaming or Suggested Gaming. I can't remember off the top of my head. There's a, like, the story of, like, I think it's called, like, What You Need to Know About Kingdom Hearts Before Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, and it's, like, half an hour. And it sort of goes through in chronological order, like, just the, the, the plot points of the story, which is really handy. Um, it's a good, like, truncated one. Uh, if you want a good laugh while you're watching it, and I actually feel like this is the one that I learnt the most from, ironically enough. I, I think I think you're right, but it's because mm-hmm. of how, like, how, the, how Barry mm-hmm. does it is just... That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he made it really entertaining, which made it more engaging. Um, so yeah, Barry Kramer, uh, ex-editor for Game Grumps, and now uh, a Twitch streamer himself. He's doing some is, cool is it, stuff. Is his YouTube channel Raza Droop still? Or is that just his I Twitter I think it's handle? just Barry Kramer now. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that's what the channel was when I loaded up that video last nice. night. To nice, watch, nice, or nice. two nights ago. Um, but yeah, his is really, really great. And it actually spawned from a seven hour stream he did with his friend where his friend sat down and explained the entire plot and timeline of Kingdom Hearts to him. Um, so if you've got a little bit of extra time, there's a whole seven hours worth there you could probably go through. And I'm sure that would be very Good entertaining. God. Um, and also even just, uh, I watched these on YouTube, but then when I got the game, I realized they're actually on the disc. Oh, I think they got patched in, but, um, the... I can't remember what they're called, but the... I know, they're, they're little, like, short five-minute videos that sort of summarise yeah. par- parts of the story briefly, but there's <clears throat> stuff that's not included in them. Yeah, it seems to be like they're focusing on things that are sort of relatively important to this particular time, like, story. In I three. mean, hey, eventually the Kingdom Hearts series had to focus on what was important, right? <laughs> exactly. They had to finish it up somewhere. Um, but those are really good as well. You can watch them on YouTube or if you've got a copy of the game, for some reason you didn't know about the game and you wanted to play it, uh, they're <laughs> on there as well. Um, and they're really, really good. So that, that's my that's my recommendations to you, Brod. I, 60 seconds is not enough time. Do you think, like, you, do you, think you can give it like a red hot go? It's, it's, the story is a mess. The story is a mess. I'm not going to time you, but... Do you reckon you can give your like Cliff Notes ver- abbreviated like Kingdom the Hearts spark, ab- abri- spark Notes? <laughs> yeah, the, K- Kingdom Hearts Abridge by Kyra Morrison. That's I. There'd be so many important plot points I'd forget. I can already tell. <laughs> like I'm thinking off the top of my head. I'm thinking of like the things that I remember yep. and the things that I saw in those videos. Most of it's gone. Yep. It sort of snowballs. Like you start sort of you start talking about one thing, and then that leads to another thing, and then that leads to another sub thing, and then there's like two sub things that spawn off that, and then they relate back to the other thing you were talking well, about two points ago, and then because that's that's the thing, right? That's sort of how the more did the story. It's pretty simple when it starts off. It's like, hey, Kingdom Hearts one, Sora wants to like Sora, Riku, and Kari. They want to leave Destiny Islands. Then they do because I don't know Keyblades or something. And then, then two happens, and you're like, okay, cool, this story sort of flows. And for some reason, Namora's like, oh, but there's a gap there. I know, I'll put a story there. And you're like, whoa, whoa. Hang on. You don't have to. He's like, nah, I've already done it. Why was Sora what? asleep? Here's Chain of Memories. Whoa. Uh-oh. Because um, let's face it, like, when they made the first one, I like, they didn't know how successful it was probably going to be. I mean, they probably had a pretty fair idea that you know, having a game with like Square Enix characters, like Final Fantasy characters and Disney characters together was just wild and crazy enough to, to, to warrant a, a moderately successful um, game. But 
Like, I think they were trying to make just a pretty standalone game, really. Don't oh, you think? Maybe. I don't know, man. It's hard to say, isn't it? It is. The, the one thing that I've seen people say is the eye on the Keyblade. Either either Nomura got real lucky with how that all played out in the end, or that was planned from the start. Hmm. Like maybe he was like, "I'm gonna put an eye on this Keyblade because that'll look cool." Yeah. And then at this point in the story, it's like, "Well, that's really important, actually." <laughs> it really is. Jeez. Oh, the prophecy has been written. Um, I don't know. Like what? Spark notes. Keyblade war happens. Doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ventus. And Terra and Aqua turn up in the story, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to become Keyblade Masters." That goes balls up. Terra gets possessed. Ventus asleep and hidden by Aqua. Aqua falls into darkness, where she stays for a while. Then again, more stuff happens. Kingdom Hearts One is there. Apparently, at some point in Birth by Sleep, like Terra and Aqua visit little baby Sora and Riku. And mm-hmm. I don't know, pass on the power to will keyblades. It's very unclear. There's some sort of like ritual that, that takes yeah, place. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it feels pretty forced, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, then again, presumably more stuff happens. Uh, bad stuff just to those three protagonists. Rest in peace to their hopes and dreams because they're all fucked. Oh yeah. Uh, Kingdom Hearts one happens. No, I'm already I'm already just losing my mind just thinking about yes. Kingdom Hearts one like. They leave, they want to leave Destiny Islands, then suddenly darkness because of all this bullshit that, at the time you're like, why is this happening? And now you're like, oh, it was happening because of all this Ansem, Zenness, Xehanort. It's unraveling my mind, trying yeah. to piece it together. Look, like, especially in a 60 second window. Like, oh yeah. <sighs> it's hard. Uh, I guess, like, you know, power of friendship greater than... Hopefully, power of darkness. maybe we don't know. That's here's it, the main here's the main thing: light and dark, actual things that exist in this world, mm-hmm. and the entire story. The whole point is to just get to the end with Xehanort, where he's like, "Hey, seven light, thirteen dark. Throw him in a blender, see what happens." Yep. I just I do I I'm mad, but Xehanort's like, "I'll just time travel for my third, and I'll just have thirteen me's. That's cheating, dude. <laughs> that's, that is uh, <laughs> that's some absolute." bullshit if i ever did see some mate tell you what maybe if we um when we finish kingdom hearts 3 we'll have a run of this in like a kingdom hearts episode but 60 seconds i don't know man it's it's pushing it maybe yeah before we do if we do a spoiler cast maybe like as a as a prelude episode episode to the the spoiler cast we'll do like our oh Gosh. Our rundown of the story. I really don't want to... I don't know if I want to do that to myself. Uh, this is not a guarantee. When This is not a locked idea. This is just something we're spitballing. Like, I felt I felt my mind... Like, just trying to put together the... the, the Like, the most loose possible plot points I could. I felt my mind unraveling a little bit. And it's... Right? It's, it's weird, because... Like, I think of trying to explain it, and it's a mess. But as I'm playing the game, I'm honestly following along okay at the moment. Right? Yeah. It's just because of how it's presented. It's yeah. There's a there are a lot of plates being spun at once and at, all like, precariously, like at that point where it started to wobble. All my, of them are wobbling at the moment. Like, good God, at one point Sora's got like three people in him, and it's just weird. <laughs> it's just yeah. Like at the when Kingdom Hearts 1 is happening. I guess 3 whatever over 2 days is also happening. Because the Roxas is in like the digital twilight. T- I... 
<sighs> Can't do it. It's all right. Just... I, look, I think I think it's time for us to to cut our losses and move on for now. <sighs> I think you've done you've done it you've done it admirably, Kyron. I'm I'll try impressed. to give you something when we t- when we finish Kingdom Hearts three. I don't know what <laughs> it's going to be. I don't know. I can't make any promises about how good it'll be, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right. Well, thank you very much, Brod, for your kicking of the hornet's nest. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, definitely go and check out Hunting Seasons. It's a really great, really great show. Uh, and our final question this week comes from a good friend, Mister Gary Foster. Uh, responding to me earlier on, uh, seeing how high, uh, early on in the week, seeing how hyped I was for uh, maybe some Spider-Man DLC, uh, which was pretty funny. Uh, I, I am pretty excited to get back to, to Spider-Man once I'm finished with Kingdom Hearts 3 um, and, and play through the rest of the DLC and wear that Fantastic Four suit with a paper bag on the head. Looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. You'll get there, Joel, I believe. I'll get there, for sure. I, I, I did wonder that when I when I... Got home and booted up my PlayStation to, to install Kingdom Hearts 3. There was like, hey, there's an update for Spider-Man downloading. I was like, oh, okay, weird. And then like, I as I was waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3 to install, I was like looking through Twitter and it was like, hey, yeah, there's new suits in there. And I was like, oh, sweet, cool. That's what that is. Um, but Gary asks us this week, with the Nintendo Switch holding down the console market and the pseudo-portable market, is there room for the 3DS to live on? Or should Nintendo put more resources in the Switch and let the 3DS fizzle out? Uh, I mean, I think what you're seeing right now is Nintendo letting the 3DS fizzle out. Yeah, look, I think they were holding onto the 3DS for so long because it was still doing super well in Japan. Well, because well, here's the thing, like... Nin- Nintendo's handheld platforms have always been their money makers, really. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it helps, but they've basically been un, in a market with no competitors. And when they have had a competitor, it's been Sony, and they've just messed it up consecutively. Yeah, exactly. They're stumbling. By, fell. They just completely failed to grasp why, like, what the appeal of a handheld market is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I was saying, like, you, yeah, I still think you're seeing it fizzle out. Like, what have we got coming to 3DS this year? We had, like, the Mario and Luigi Yeah, that port, just came out. Yep. And then there's a Kirby port in a couple of months. Yeah. And there I think that's about it at the moment. That is about it, I think. Um, look, I think it's time. I think, look, and don't get me wrong, I think the 3DS still has a place for the next couple of years. I feel like it's a really good... If you're if you want to be like the cool uncle or auntie out there, like getting a cool present for like your niece or nephew, I think the 3ds is a solid buy because it's oh, not yeah. super expensive. It's no. already got an amazing library. The library is incredible, um, and it, it will last them from whatever age they are when you give it to them till you know they've got plenty of content to go through. Um, yes, it's a good gateway system. I feel yeah, ab- absolutely. I do think you're right. Mm. And I mean, the Switch itself is making a weird case for being a portable and a home console. And it is yeah. worth remembering that I'm, I don't know if it's still the case, but I'm fairly certain Nintendo's merged their, their studios now. Cause they did used to have a lot of like, they'd be like the main, like the home console stuff and the portable stuff. That's and right. I think they've I think sort of was, yeah. brought those teams together now because mm. the Switch is both. Whether think- it continues to be both, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Do you think uh, is the next console we get from Nintendo going to be an iteration on the Switch? Boy. 
or is so it going Joel, to be something else? You've asked you've asked a question that's nearly as impossible as Brods. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, isn't it? When you said yeah. with the, the next Nintendo console, who like actually who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because Nintendo was so wildcard as it is, it's really hard to predict what they're going to do. Um, I like, don't know. They, they, they seem to be onto a good thing with the Switch. I mean, clearly they are because it's selling I mean, really well. It's got a great library already. Nearly two years into its life cycle, so um, the question will be like: Will the Switch continue to exist like this, and then Nintendo will announce a home console in like several years' time? Hmm. And then the Switch just exists as a handheld that they can, I don't know, I guess easily port to. But honestly, like it's so hard to tell. Yeah, I I I think it's safe to say that the Switch itself has got a long life ahead of it. Yes, absolutely. I, like I love the Switch. <laughs> yeah, me too. And like, had the I, Switch not come out when it did, I'd probably still be buying games for my 3ds. You know what I mean? Like, if that makes sense. I probably, if, if we didn't have the Switch right now, I probably would have bought that Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story plus Bowser Jr. bullshittery. Stop, stop, um, stop, yeah. stop, stop. <laughs> I, I probably would have bought that because I do like that series. I The reason I didn't buy it now is because I'm like, I've got a lot else to play and I don't really know where my 3DS is at the moment and I'd have to track that down and then charge it. Uh, and then, like, I don't know if I can go back to the 3DS now. Um, I did for Samus I, Returns, and that was, like, the swan song. I, was, I did it the other, the other week to play some Samus Returns again, and as much as I love that game, it is tough to go mm. back to the 3DS. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It's real rough. Um, to answer the question of heart, though, I do think the Switch will just become the portable. And I... It's hard... It's hard because Nintendo like to surprise with new hardware, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think that they they must clearly realize the simple genius of having a home console that is also a portable. Yeah, um, well, that's the thing. Like, they can still do it as at like you know focus on it as a portable console, but still have the ability to play it on the docked mode. You know, whatever they do with the iterations to come. Like even yeah. if it, it even if like Joy Cons fall by the wayside, huh, and that was um, a bit of a yeah. Um, but like if and like it is just like a like a tablet all together in one thing. The controllers don't come off. Um, even when you put it into dock mode, you could still use a Pro Controller and stuff with it. So I don't know. Yeah, like. <laughs> at this point, Nintendo's probably at the stage of like throwing darts at a board for the next console. Yeah, but well, uh, the Switch is definitely here to stay for a long while. Oh yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen anytime soon. But I, I do think you're right though. I think the 3DS is on the way out. Um, I think that yeah, the reason why it has held on for so long is because Japan are predominantly a portable market. Like you, yes. The the reason why mobile games are so popular is because they they are a dime a dozen over there, uh, and they everyone loves them. Like especially like social RPGs. They love that shit. Um, so, yeah, having their consoles being portable and be able to put in their pocket or in their bag without too much issue. Like, even with the Switch, you can put that in your bag and all sort of stuff, but you've got to have a case for it and all sort of stuff. 3D, you just close it and it's done. Yeah. You're pretty yeah. much protected. Like, there's, you, don't have to, you don't have to worry about it. Um, 
it still bo- it boggles my mind that the Switch is actually a nice piece of tech. It really is. It still scares me to take it outside of the house. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's 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 terrifying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the the, the 3ds. I think I would not be surprised if I woke up at some point this year uh, and saw a headline for an article saying the last 3ds's uh, have just got into production. The last of the 3ds's. Um, I'm not so confident about that. Okay. I mean, actually, you know what, y'all? To be a stickler for, for specific, being specific, yes. 2DS is a different question. Right. Okay. Yeah, right. No, that's fair. But, I'll uh, allow it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, it's it's impossible to think what Nintendo will do next, because who would have picked a Switch? Well, that's it. Even when people, like, were pretty sure they had it, when the, when, like, the leaks were happening, that it would be, like, a hybrid and all that, and there were all those ugly concepts... When we saw the, the thing, it's just like, oh, that's obviously that makes sense. I would, that's it. Yeah, that's what it. That's what it should be. Yeah, it's amazing what the imagination can do when given just the the smallest bit of information. Exactly. Yeah, um, I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about before about Half Life Three and Half Life Episode Three, Half Life Two Episode Three, like that. You know, people's imaginations are running wild about what that possibly could be, and yeah, anything that they do release now will be subpar to the lofty expectations they've put in their head um they've created in their head so uh yeah it's seeing it in like the switch in action and then you're like okay yeah it's obviously not going to be that quick in terms of like taking it in and out and then you get it and you see it and you do it and you're like this is magic like this is actual magic uh yeah i I don't know how it works and now now like nearly two years on i'm just like yeah it's cool just chuck it on the tv like, yeah, exactly. It, we take it for granted now. Um, like, Nintendo will always find a way to sell a portable. It's just a question of what form it takes. Yeah, that's it. Um, Yeah, well, hopefully that answers your question in a way, Gary. If, um, anyone, if anyone out there knows what Nintendo is doing next, feel free to just hit me up and tell me. I'm yeah, curious. <laughs> we definitely won't talk about it on the show. No, 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 no. Nah. Definitely. It'll be, a se- it'll be a secret. It's fine. Definitely. It's fine. We're not going to break that news. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for your question, Gary. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate you listening. We but absolutely do. We really do. I Honestly, it's great. Um, and you've you've been really uh, on fire with your questions over the last few weeks. It's really always exciting when I see a notification come through with a question from you. I'm like, oh, what's he got for us this week? Um, some awesome, interesting conversations. So thank you very much. But uh, Karen, I think that's an episode. Do you think? I think it is. I think it's time to, to call it. Yeah. So we can so go play more Kingdom Hearts 3. Joel's trying to be cool about it, but you've just, you're going to just put it out there. Yeah. I kind of want to go play some more Kingdom Hearts. Karen, they all know. All right. All they right. all know. As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dialogue Options podcast. We do appreciate it. If you've just decided to give up this a good couple hours of your day to listen to us rant like we're, we're honored <laughs> we are thank you uh as always if you want to keep up with us on the social medias you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram where we are just dialogue options as for our individual accounts you can find me on twitter where i am at lemon x and honestly i've been tweeting about a lot of stuff i've brought up this week on the podcast like metroid yeah. and dragon ball and kingdom hearts and stuff but 
Joel, today was a special day. Yes. Today, a little a little Patreon group that we that we both fund, we're both yeah. kicking money to the Easy Allies. They got their studio. I almost brought this as a news story. I wanted to, but I was yeah. like, Look, it's it's going to be my my tweet thing because I retweeted a gift from Easy Giffen. Yep, which just it's like two gifts of like the how far they've come. Yes, and it's just crazy. I'm. I'm so happy. It's it's great. I watched their studio tour before. I'm ho- I can't it's wait for, so to, for them to put the um the stream up. I know it's probably archived on Twitch at the moment, but I'm gonna yeah. wait for it to go up on YouTube. Podcast um, tomorrow. So keen to see it. Yes. Uh ah, oh, it's so man. Like, it's so cool. Maximum love and respect. <laughs> yes, absolutely love and respect to those out there. If for some reason, yeah, if you're an Allies fan, if you're, you're an, a fan of Easy A, like, and you're here, like. They're the best. Best in the biz. Yeah. And if you're not, please go check out the Easy Allies. They are just the greatest. Easy Allies and Kind of Funny are like my two go-tos for, well, for video game stuff. Kind of Funny I go-to for other stuff as well. But, um, or actually I go for Easy Allies for other stuff as well. They have some interesting yeah, they've shows. They've been branching out. Mm, yeah. You know, they've, got, they've got a D&D show. They've got some um, reaction shots as well for their like film and TV, which is really great. Um, their spoiler modes can cover anything that's sort of been recent as a yeah 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 aren't they doing so they, a are they going to do a Spider-Verse one they did one they did they? one did I they thought they did out? one with um Kyle and Damiani man maybe I just haven't watched it yet uh, now you've got me doubting yeah check the Patreon <laughs> yeah anyway I'll check the Patreon I'm going to check out um, but yeah I just wanted to like man I've just been thinking like all day it's been it's been making me happy just how well they've done like ever since the, the news of uh, the closure of GT yeah um just i'm happy i'm so happy to be funding them to be kicking in money each month like likewise be- best in the biz but uh where can they find you joel uh you can find me at jolly mac where uh it's been an assortment of things i posted about having the that feeling when you have to go leave kingdom hearts 3 to go to work that's a picture of it's, sora it's crying that's a it's a real feeling um yeah it is uh also, I retweeted a tweet from uh, from James Willem saying about oh my God. Well, this headline, headline. Gave me a headache. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it, it was just a picture of a headline, and it says Anthem channels Warframe more than Destiny, with Division influences in its Diablo loot. Uh, and then the following picture is of like Pikachu confused on the ground um, with swirly like, eyes. Who, whoever wrote that headline, try again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just stop. Actually, just don't even bother. Yeah, true. Just leave it. Just leave it. Um, but I also watched in the last week um, episode. I've watched episode one and two now uh, of Rooster Teeth's new anime, uh, Genlock, which is pretty fucking cool. Because uh, if you, I mean, if you know who Rooster Teeth are, you know their humble beginnings with our River vs. Blue, and they've spawned into a giant uh, online media conglomerate almost. Um, Still love them. Still love all their subsidiaries um, when I can. Uh, Ruby's doing amazingly. Like Ruby is an anime that is made in English and is being translated into Japanese for the Japanese market. Like that, that's bonkers. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I, I, I don't even know. Like it's a rare, rare occurrence. Um, but yeah, they just put up the first. If you're a first member, um, their first two episodes. Uh, or if you're not a first member, you can watch the first episode for free on their website. Um, it's got a damn good intro theme song and uh, like intro uh, video. Uh, and the show itself is really great. It's got people such as Michael B. Jordan, uh, Dakota Fanning, Maisie Williams, David Tennant involved. Um, so I'm sure if you're as nerdy as I am, 
at least one or two of those names will get you excited. It's on um, my list. I'm going to check it out when I eventually when I get time. <laughs> it's definitely worth checking out. I really enjoyed it. And I showed my wife as well the first step. Actually, we ended up watching both episodes together because she was like, this is really good. Um, and yeah, it's a mecha anime. So fucking big thumbs up for me. Down to clown with that. But uh, that's all I've been tweeting about this week. All right, Ben. Well, as always, uh, you know what, Joel? Before I forget, I yes. did. I forgot last week. I'm not forgetting this week. Whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, whether it's <laughs> Spotify, Podbean, Podchaser, iTunes, whatever it is, chuck us a review, some thumbs, a share, a like, I guess. I don't know. Uh, um, every every bit counts. Just tell someone about us. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah that, some, well, that, that falls under share. Put some, put some earbuds in their ear and go, listen to these guys. They told me to. They told me to. Um, <laughs> I want to see that on a review. <laughs> hold us, hold us, like hold us accountable for it. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Let's not go too crazy. <laughs> I mean, no, don't do that. <laughs> but do and tell someone about us, please. Yes, definitely do. We appreciate uh, it. But until next week, I will let a wonderful theme song take us out, and uh, we'll catch you guys around. See ya. Bye. Player one. Player two. Prepare yourself. Options podcast.